Hello everyone, it's the hardcore legend Mick Foley wishing a nice day to everyone there, right there, at True Heel Heat. Yeah! <laughs> Hello, hello, hello. It is me, it is me, your true ill phenom, SP3. We are live for our New Japan Pro Wrestling Wrestle Kingdom 17 Roundtable Review. As always, you're, we're talking about New Japan here on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. So, of course, I am joined by my main man, the MC of New Japan Pro Wrestling, past, present, and future here on the channel. It's your boy, Jay News. Uh, folks. Uh, apologies for sounding so bad, but, uh, you know, the usual shindig is on and popping tonight. We're doing this uh, review for Wrestle Kingdom 17, but as always, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, it's good brother J News, and we back at it again. Uh, lots to talk about, lots to talk about, but SP3, please do introduce our fine guest here today. Yes, we have a very special guest since we're talking about the big show from this past Wednesday. We had to bring in another New Japan expert because, you know, I, I'm a novice in comparison to these two. These two are the real uh, folks that focus on New Japan, know it detail by detail. She is a wrestling YouTuber. Uh, she's one of the biggest New Japan fans that I know of. You might have seen her over on the Wrestle Talk uh, YouTube channel as well as her own channel. Check it out. We'll leave that link in the description below. It's a now lot. Thank you so much for joining us from the UK. Appreciate you joining us today. Well, it's good afternoon from here. It's getting a bit dark, but <laughs> thanks for having me. Um, yeah, it's been a crazy few days in New Japan world, so I always love the fact that I can come and talk about it because a lot happened. A lot went down on Wrestle Kingdom 17, and a lot has gone down in wrestling in general in uh, 2023. Of course, we appreciate everyone for joining us. Remember to drop the thumbs up on the video, share it with your friends, subscribe if you are new to the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. We go live about five to six days a week here on the channel, so hit that bell to stay notified for all the great content here. And I know there is some big elephant in the room, big uh, you know, 76-year-old gray-haired elephant that just forced himself back into a company where he has sexual uh, misconduct investigation going on. So uh, if you want to deep... If you want to defer to that elephant, I am going to request you send a super chat donation. It helps out the channel. It helps the channel grow. It helps the contributors on our YouTube channel here. And if you don't want to talk about the event and you do want to talk about that elephant in the room, that is the only way I will allow it. But I will allow any comments about New Japan Pro Wrestling, Wrestle Kingdom 17. We'll try to highlight as many comments as possible, like Dolores, who says, what's up, everyone, as well as Real Take Wrestling here with with us in the chat saying hello friends so as always we should start this roundtable review with just one word to describe your feelings of new japan pro wrestling wrestle kingdom 17 let's start with you sanal one word to describe wk 17 wow <laughs> that is a good one that is a that is an excellent one to start off with jay news uh focused I'd say would be the, the, the word to use for Wrestle Kingdom 17. It was definitely focused. I understood what was going on. I understood where they wanted to go uh, and when and where they want to go eventually. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe. We'll talk about that. We'll also, uh, maybe we'll talk a little bit about the fallout from Wrestle Kingdom 17 as we did have New Year's Dash yesterday. In my opinion, 
the best New Year's dash since 2018. I was, yes. Yes, yeah. I, I I would say this this was like the one of the more noteworthy uh, New Year's dash. So we will discuss that on the show as well. But let's get through uh, some of the the pre show that started off things. Um, me personally, I will say off the bat, I was giving like lessons on my social media. So now I'll tell you, J News. I know you don't have Twitter. Uh, I was giving lessons to people for New Japan. So I saw New Japan had put out uh, that Wrestle Kingdom's pre show was starting at one twenty. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'm here in America. And I was like, I yeah. saw the main card started at 3 a.m. So what I did is knowing, being a smart New Japan fan, experienced with New Japan and how they do their pre-shows, I was like, I'm going to wake up 2.15 a.m. I know that'll <laughs> probably be when they have dead air. I can go back and watch everything that was before that and catch up with everything on the pre-show by the time the show start. And I was right. I would never wake up at the start of the pre-show. That is, that no, is not I do. I'm, the, I'm the opposite. I get up 15 minutes before the pre-show, make sure it's on, because I remember it was the That's first true. year I ever watched it, and it gives me bad flashbacks. I put it on, and it said, concentrated access. So I missed, oh. like, the <laughs> So since then, I make sure I'm up, like, 15 minutes early, get, get New Japan World up, get it sorted, so then I watch it and I think getting up at 6.15, once I was up, I was up. So I felt ready. I was like powering through it. I, I appreciate you for that because like I, I what I did because I was worried about that as well, having like issues with getting the stream when I did wake up, is that I left New Japan on my fire stick. I just left it running as I slept. I used I, Chromecast, I to so I got my um, mom who gets up earlier than me for work. I was like, right, when you get up, like cause she got up half an hour before the show started. When as soon as you get up, you go downstairs and you switch on that Chromecast the New Japan world. So by the time I got up, it was up and I was like, okay, this is fine now. See, see, mom in the clutch. Moms are in the clutch, y'all. Just to just be fair, mom, mom is my mom knows New Japan. She's like she doesn't watch it fully, but she went to she's been to two or three New Japan shows now with me, so she understood. She's nice. like, right, I'll get it sorted for you. <laughs> I, I, I gotta give that's it up cool. for your moms. Yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome. That's cool. I love that. <laughs> But let's talk about that uh, pre-show. I do want to see we got a couple of more comments here. Uh, Justin Rich here with us saying salute. Uh, we also got Dolores giving us the nice little plug here saying join True Hill Heat Patreon. Best money you will spend. Check it out right now. We got uh, my Raw report for this week from this week's Raw. As well as me and Jay News. Later today we're going to be dropping our review of the Great Muda versus Shinsuke Nakamura from Pro Wrestling Noah. Uh, we got ALW who says Omega versus Osprey was maybe the the best match I have ever seen. We're going to definitely get into that. We also got Dolores who says, loved Wrestle Kingdom and I enjoyed New Year's Dash. Yeah, I remember Dolores was saying, oh, she was like, I'm going to I'm gonna watch New Year's Dash. She's a real one. She's a real New Japan fan. Jeremy Lambert called out all the, all the people on social media that were tweeting during Wrestle Kingdom, but nobody was tweeting like that during New Year's Dash. It's just for me, Sanal, and maybe Phil Lindsay from Fightful. That was it. <laughs> But let's get into the pre-show. First, they opened up things on the pre-show with a three-minute uh, exhibition. I'm going to hand it over to you, J-News, to say the names because you say it much better than me. Well, the uh, the three-minute exhibition here was the first match uh, during the pre-show. Uh, it was uh, Ryohei Oyua uh, versus Bolton Oleg. Uh, representative of Kazakhstan, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, uh, on their uh, Olympic 
wrestling team and also a New Japan signee. Uh, it went the full three minutes. This was a draw as we uh, predicted. predicted. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, sh it showed his uh, his amateur background and things of that nature. Also showing Roy, uh, Oiwa's background as well in that particular regard. It's a beefy, beefy man is uh, Bolton Oleg. Uh, yeah. So, you know, we get more biggies, uh, big meaty men slapping meat out here in New Japan. So uh, that's that's definitely something to see. Uh, I can also see that he's he's very athletic. So I'm wondering as to what he's going to be able to, to do in the ring outside of, you know, power stuff and uh, your typical uh, amateur suplex type, type of stuff. Uh, but, uh, you know, he looked uh, he looked good. And uh, I'll give him that. So now, what, what was your take on uh, the premiere of Oleg? So obviously, I've been reading about him for a while because on New Japan 1972, they talked about him with Yuji Nagata. And I've always been like a firm follower of the Young Lions. So every single time, I'm like, ah, oh, that's great. So to see Oiwa get his chance to open the pre-show was great. And I liked the idea of this three minutes because obviously, we all know that like Young Lions normally have that 10, 15-minute draw thing. And I think this was great. And um, I was surprised at how well Oiwa did because like you said, He's a big man, Oleg. Like, he's not small. Oiva's not really used to bigger guys. So I think it was nice. And, yeah, like you said, it'll be interesting to see how Oleg sort of transitions from his amateur stuff into pro wrestling. But he made a very good, like, exhibition and a show of himself, considering how big the stage was. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was a, a nice little, like, amateur kind of scrabble, uh, you know, uh, kind of... Uh, grappling between the two guys showing their amateur backgrounds. I, I like the the whole finish with the uh, two count right at the end at the bell there. And I thought uh, Oleg looked good, looked good. He looked impressive in his uh, first outing here. But I thought Rohe was kind of the highlight of this match and showed showed out a little bit here. And I, he showed great potential, which made me disappointed that he wasn't chosen the next night. But we'll get into that later on. <laughs> on, that, on that note, I was I was crying for that moment. I, I when I watched. I Obviously, we'll talk about. It. I was like, because I don't, I don't have favorites in Young Lions, but Oiwa is one of my favorite, and so I was glad he got that on Wrestle Kingdom. But then on New Year's Dash, I was like, <sighs> yes, it was, it was good, it was good. I, I'm happy for him that he got that opportunity there. But let's get into the second match, which is typically the opener of the pre-show for Wrestle Kingdom, but it was the second match on the pre-show. We had the annual New Japan Rambo with the final four here would be competing at New Year's Dash for the new KOPW title belt. Uh, show started off things along with uh, Chase, uh, with uh, number two was Hikaleo. Hikaleo showing off his strength, but he basically eliminated himself. Um, yeah. He did. He did that. Uh, next out was Evil. So they did a little double teaming on Hikaleo, who wasn't eliminated, even though he kind of went over the top rope. Uh, then you had uh, Tomohiro Ishii come out. He had a nice little exchange with uh with Hanare as well as the great Okan. The finish of the match, it came down to Shingo, Sho, Great Okan, Toriyanu, and El Fantasmo. We got a, a kind of reigniting of the feud between ELP and Shingo, the Who's Your Daddy feud with the two men fighting on the apron. ELP pulls out the Kofi when he gets knocked off the uh, apron. He jumps onto the guardrail, and then the other members of the Bullet Club get him back to the apron. But uh, it's unfortunately another Bullet Club member or House of Torture, which shouldn't be in the Bullet Club in my opinion, but House of Torture member eliminates 
eliminates him by accident, show eliminating ELP. So the final four was show Shingo Takagi, Toriyano, and the great Okan. We got this nice little face off here between Okan and Shingo at the end here. What did y'all two think about the New Japan Rambo this year? Well, so for me, I know I've seen a lot of people online complaining about the Rambo saying it was the worst thing ever and um, personally I love the Rambo I always have loved it it is chaos at the finest and I think what you see is what you get with it you're not going to get a wrestling masterpiece but I do agree there were some moments where people forgot the point of the match so I think Taguchi went for a pin and then Rocky broke it up and then and it was weird <laughs> And it happened with the Empire. I think the only two who actually did a pin and kept it was the Mighty Don't Neil. So when Shane and Mikey came out. But um, no, it was nice to see um, those guys like my favorite Doki was there, Kanemaru. Yeah, the ELP um, moment at the end on the guardrail. Because I've not watched WWE for years, but Kofi during the Royal Rumble was always iconic. So when I saw ELP yeah. do that, I was like, I appreciate you, my friend. <laughs> I, I love ELP. I've been uh, ever since the announcement on New Japan, uh, New New Year's Dash of maybe our Bullet Club leader maybe leaving, maybe not. As a new report has revealed that his opponent is in has interest from WWE. But uh, I, when we got that announcement of the loser leave New Japan match uh, on the next night of New Year's Dash, I already was making the argument ELP should replace him as the leader. It it fits. It just fits. He's like the Kenny Omega to J. White's AJ Styles. I, I'm here for ELP. He's one of my favorite Bullet Club members at this point. Jay News, what did you think about the Rambo this year? Who did you think uh, stood out out of everything, everybody? In the Rambo? No, nah, man, the Rambo went the way the Rambo went, you know? I think that the the four, the four last four people that were standing uh, outside of my pick, who wasn't even in the Rambo, shouts to my main man, Bad Luck Thale, for not even showing up this year. Uh, but uh, I think that uh, they chose a good four. Um, now giving them the uh, now giving New Japan the opportunity to actually give uh, the King of Pro Wrestling an actual belt uh, was was cool. So that was a good transition from the trophy to the belt, uh, making it feel a little bit more important than than comedy. Uh, so that was a, that was a good change to see there. Um, to see Shingo uh, turn up in the final four was a little was a little foreshadowing, obviously, because I was like, oh, okay, so he's in it still. Uh, okay, all right, all right. They're, they're still running with this. Okay, okay. So uh, I'll see what they do here. Um, having show in there, you know, I got love for show here and there, but at the end of the day, the house torture guys, they just don't do it for me, you know. And uh, well, yeah, no, I have to wait. Like, I was one of the biggest Rapongi 3K fans ever, and I met show and yo, and they were so great. And when they were turning heat, when they were teasing show turning heel, I was happy about it. But when it, I thought he was going to Suzuki Gun, to be fair. Yeah. So when that would have been great. Like, <laughs> that it would have been the pet, even if, even if Suzuki Gun's no more anymore. But I feel like, yeah, the show in the Rambo, his performance there sort of just sums up what his house yeah. of torch thing. But there are yeah. rumors that he, him and Yo have been approached by Dragon Gate. Mm. And because Show is unhappy with his place on the card, I think it's Dragon Gate. I'm sure. Um, but that's the rumors have been milling, so I think that might be quite interesting, especially if Show then didn't win the King of Pro Wrestling yeah. belt. Right, right. 
Yeah, I guess we could talk about that now, uh, that Shingo Takagi did go on to win uh, the King of Pro Wrestling 2023 title belt at New Year's Dash. I thought it was a good match at New Year's uh, Dash, the four-way. And ironically, you guys are talking about show. The exchange between show and Shingo in the four-way, I was like, this is the show that I remember. I remember the show versus Shingo match in the Best of the Super Juniors when Shingo was in, went to the finals. That was one of my favorite matches from Shingo. And their little exchange in that four-way was like, this is the show I want. The show minus the House of Torture nonsense, minus him being junior heavyweight evil. I don't need any of that. This guy is very talented and we need to get him away from this albatross that is the House of Torture. Like this, it's the worst Agreed. thing. It's a, it's the worst yeah. thing in New Japan, in my opinion. <laughs> I but, feel uh, like yeah. whereas Evil and Yujiro, I could, and Dick Togo, I can take them in House of Torture. Like Yujiro wasn't doing anything much, especially Evil. Like he was a great character, but his wrestling was never up to it. Whereas Show was someone who could be like a future champion for the junior cha- like division. So House yeah. of Torture, whereas it's been fine for the others, Show it's really downgraded him as a wrestler. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just weird. It's just very, very weird. And I don't, I still, like, like I said during the, when we were talking about the Rambo, I still don't understand why House of Torture is not, is still in the bully club. Why are we, why are we acting like this is the same group? It's not the same group. It's just not. <laughs> but we, we gotta, we gotta progress from here. As far as like the Rambo and the opener, the three minute exhibition, I gave three stars. The Rambo, I gave, uh, no, the three minute exhibition, I gave uh, two stars and the Rambo, two stars. So. Yeah, it kind of was what it was. It was pre-show stuff as you would enjoy it. Uh, we got Dolores here who says, I enjoyed this because it was a good preview of their potential, talking about the opener with uh, Rohe and Oleg. Uh, we got also Dolores saying, I enjoyed this more, especially toward the end when the chaos is contained. Yes, it, it, it got better as it windowed down with the Rambo here. Uh, we got Vala B saying the sound work on the Rambo uh, was perfect. I did not know know the KOPW belt was Velcro, but then we could clearly hear uh, Great Ocon pull the Velcro. That gave me a big belly laugh. I will say, like, production-wise, it this this show felt like modern New Japan before the pandemic. Did you guys peep that as well? So uh, we also got here in the... Uh, yeah, Valabi, I, I, I know what I said. It's Loser Leaves Japan, not New Japan, but... Same difference, in my opinion. If you go to New Japan Strong, that's that's New Japan USA, in my opinion. That should it's be sort of like a uh, loophole, though, isn't it? Leave yeah. Japan. Whoever loses can leave New Japan, but not leave New Japan. Just has to leave Japan. It's one of those things that people are getting so worked up. Like the loser has to leave New Japan, but they didn't remember. They said loser leaves Japan. Yeah, they're specifying. It's like one of them don't want to be in Japan anymore. That's basically what they're trying to tell us. Well, let's talk about the final pre-show match that we had. We had the Anoki, uh, Antonio Anoki Memorial matchup with six legends, as it was Toga and Maccabee, uh, uh, Kojima and Yujiro Nagata ver- versus Tasami, Fujinami, Minoru Suzuki, and Tiger Mask. Bravo, New Japan, for finally getting the rights to Maccabee's theme song. I was so happy to not have dead air or random generic rock. That was very nice. And this match was 
basically what uh, I expected. I expected them to play the greatest hits. You had Kojima going at it with Suzuki as Suzuki and Nagata. You had a three-way uh, submission at one point. Looked like that was going to be uh, the finish, but in the end, it was uh, a kind of a botch finish at Soge. Got the got the pin on uh, Tiger Mask to give Team uh, Kojima the win here, but this was just kind of there, in my opinion, and uh, like I honestly, I would have preferred the Rambo as like the finale for the pre-show, as is typical with New Japan. So this match, I gave one and a half stars. What did you think, Sanal? So um, yeah, I mean, like you said with Makabe Shinjun, I actually don't think it's they've got the right. I think for some reason, every year on Wrestle Kingdom, that's the only time you ever get to hear Makabe Shinjun. Because oh, I think okay, I say okay. this every year, whenever he's, because he's normally in the Rambo or something, I'm always like, oh my god, we get to hear Maccabi's theme tune. So that's the one time in Wrestle Kingdom is like, you can hear it. But um, yeah, I agree, the botch finish was kind of sad for me, because like, I personally really liked it. Like, I think I worked out the average age of everyone in that ring, including Tiger Hattori, was like, in the 50s. Because I think Makabe um, and Kojima are the youngest, and then obviously mm -hmm. Fujinami is the oldest. And I think Hattori is also like in 77, I think. I think they did well. Like It shows that obviously New Japan values their veterans in some way. Like They were never going to yeah. get title matches, any of these guys. But they were good enough to do it in the memorial match. And I think it was bizarre watching Tiger Mask and Suzuki on the same team. Like it's, It, it should have worked, but it did. It did. It did. It just it just all these guys being in here kind of seemed to work. I the only downside overall for like the pre-show is seeing guys like Ishii and Shingo and Suzuki on the pre-show. It did kill a little bit of my New Japan heart because those are three of my absolute favorites from this company. But uh J News, what did you think about that Inoki Memorial match? No, man, I agree with you, bro. I mean, at, at the end of the day, I think it was what it was. Um, to Sanal's point, you know, they, they always show uh, reverence and respect to the to the veterans um, and the guys who have been there for uh, different generations. You know, they were talking about second generation and third generation guys and stuff during the uh, during the during commentary and stuff. So it's always the, great to see the guys are still active. Uh, great to see Koji back in the New Japan ring. Uh, been missing him and whatnot, man. You know, uh, I don't I don't get enough of Noah. So, you know, to see Koji back in the New Japan ring is always a plus. Uh, never been a big fan of Makabe. The dude's just he, oh, oh, he just don't he doesn't he don't do it for me, man. He don't do it for me, man. So, he hasn't he um, hasn't really done it for me since like Wrestle Kingdom nine when he went against Ishii. Like that was the last time. That was the last time that I felt like he had a banger. I think it's a bit yeah. like similar with Honma though, isn't it? Like what Honma yes. and Makabe wants great GBH, yeah. and then obviously Honma obviously had the injuries and stuff, and I feel like neither of them are really. Whereas the other members of like the third generation club can still go, I think Makabe and Hanma are still sort of like plateauing. Like you were talking about Noah, I actually watched Kojima's match from New Year's Day, and like Kojima can still go, and you're like, wow. Whereas I think Makabe is on that Hanma cusp where like if he's not there, you wouldn't miss him. Right. That makes sense. As mean as it is. Yeah. No, it's true though. And Ko Kojima's kind of been showing that a lot lately because, so, you know, last year he had the match with Moxley at uh, All Out that I thought was really good and kind of underrated on that card. And then he was uh, showing out kind of later in the year and on New Japan. Uh, he had those matches with like Jeff Cobb as well uh, recently. So yeah, I think I think Kojima can still go, and he's probably the best worker out of the 
him and Suzuki would be the best workers out of those six guys that were in this match. Out of the Japan dots. Yeah, yes, New Japan yes. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Uh, you the know, new, I, the I, new I, era, New Japan dads. Yeah. I, I think. I think at the end of the day, uh, as we all know, Father Time is undefeated. Uh, but some some guys, some some performers take be- better care of themselves than others. So I think that's uh, that's another thing that we have to take a look at as as some of our favorites now get older, as to how long they're going to be they're going to be uh, working and stuff like that. So that's uh, that's always something I think about when I'm watching these matches and stuff. And I'm to see. Uh, Fujinami still in the ring in his 70s. It's like, yeah, he's slow, but at the end of the day, he looks good, you know. So yeah, is that what do you he, expect? Do you expect him to be doing moonsaults at 77 or right. something? Like yeah. he's amazing for what how old he is. He's still going. He didn't seem as tired. Like he kept up with guys who are 20 years younger than him. Mm-hmm. Do you want a five-star Kenny Omega classic from a 70-year-old man? <laughs> it's that true. <laughs> Is is not happening. We gotta you gotta set your expectations in the in the right manner when it comes to him for sure. But he looks great. He one hundred percent looks great. Uh, we got Vala B saying that is the power of the bread club. Bread club for life. Yes, indeed. Uh, let's get into the main card, y'all. The main card kicked off as usual with Wrestle Kingdom cards with the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship matchup. You had Catch 2-2, Francisco Akira and TJP versus Yo and Leo Rush, the winners of the Super Junior Tag League 2022. And boy, oh boy, this one got really good, really fast. Opening minutes of this matchup, you get the the Catch-2-2 variant of the 3K, which completely destroys Leo Rush's face. They they broke Leo Rush's face with that because that ramp looked vicious to land on. I was I was fearing anyone else during the night after Leo Rush came up busted open after this spot. But Rush and uh, or the the affectionately named Leo uh, double teaming, getting the advantage here, getting a, a bunch of a flurry of offense. You had the final hour for a close near fall by them. Leo Rush was still, he was so fast in this raid, you wouldn't have known he was injured and had a broken nose at this point. They hit the 3K for a very close near fall that uh, Akira had to break up. In the end, though, it was TJP that reversed the overdrive by Yo into an inside cradle for the win for Cash 2-2 to successfully defend the junior heavyweight tag team championships i will say catch two two have been a revelation to this junior division it finally feels like they have that team that they can build around and make like long-term champions for the first time really since rapongi 3k kind of uh you know came into form in the junior tag division what did you think about this opener here so now i gave it four stars i thought this was an absolute blast of an opener I mean, I've always been a fan of the, like, I, I got into New Japan properly by watching the best of Super Juniors, so the juniors have always had a soft spot, but I agree, like, in the past, the junior division for the tag belts have been an afterthought. Ever since, so when TJP and Akira first became a team, I was reluctant, I was like, they got decades difference in age, decades difference in experience, like... I followed TJP for a long time. Akira is fairly new to me, but they work so perfectly. Like you said, they have made the titles matter. They they are so innovative. Like they caught some, even something simple as whenever Akira is on TJP's shoulders and he's telling the fans to like take pictures. They are perfectly what I call like 
they're like similar to LIJ, they're tweeners, like they can be heels, but also like the crowds love them. And similarly, like with the experience of TJP working with Akira, similarly on the other team, although Leo Rush is a veteran, yo, I guess you could say he's a veteran of the junior tag division in New Japan. Yeah. Done so many Wrestle Kingdoms, won so many like tag leagues. So I think this match, it technically could have gone longer, but I think this was the perfect amount of time for them to be fast, dynamic, without people getting bored. And yeah, a really great way to start. Um, it was the right decision. As much as like Yo is one of my favorite wrestlers, the belt has needed consistency for a long time. And the Empire, are, like TJP and Akira are doing it perfectly. And they want, they can even overtake Despi and Kanemaru for the longest single reign if they want, because they are that good and work that well together. And that's a terrific point is that United Empire overall are very much tweeners at this point. They're like the the second biggest tweener group in New Japan outside of LIJ because like you as we would see later on in the show with their leader, he was 100% a babyface in that match. So Jay News, what did you think about this opener here for the junior heavyweight tag team titles? I mean, they did it again. So they started off the uh, they started off the Super Junior Tag Tournament this way, and they did it again. Another banger, uh, you know, a great uh, great way to start the show. I think Sonal made a good point about uh, Catch Two Two having if the if the the trajectory is for them to have the belts for a long period of time, they could definitely surpass uh, Nobu and uh, and Despi uh, for longest reign as champions and stuff like that. And uh, also gotta also gotta tip my cap to Leo Rush, man. You know what? I give the kid a lot of grief. I do. I do, man. I do. It's because, I, I, you know, at the end of the day, I don't know if it's a cultural thing or whatever have you, but I always want better. I always feel like he can do better, and he's doing better. Uh, didn't know he broke his nose. Didn't know he I thought I thought it was just like a gash on his on his face or whatever the case is when uh, I think it was sometime later on in the day I found out that he broke his nose and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, crap, damn. But okay, um, which is what went into New Year's Dash and some changes there or whatever. So uh, but it was cool, man. I think that now with Yo getting back into Super Junior title contention, uh, we'll see how that works out and how Leo eventually comes back into the fold. Uh, so uh, dope match overall. Uh, I gave it four stars as well, just because uh, you know it was it was it was a great pace. Uh, they got they got their shit in, as we like to say out here. So uh, that was that was uh, definitely uh, good to see. And uh, for the dudes from Catch 2-2, man, TJP, listen, man, him and his Nikki haircut, I, I don't know what that's about, but uh, but he's he's always been a stellar performer. And and uh, Francesco Akira, man, I think in the coming years, uh, once once they do eventually have him go solo, I think he's going to he's going to he's a star in the making. So uh, that's that's definitely something uh, I just want to say, like, um. I agree with you. So I always like joked about TJP's haircut that's like, 22 years too young for him. But um, <laughs> with Akira, Akira is great. I've seen him live a few times now and I met him as well. And actually like in the ring, he is so dynamic, but actually like meeting him is to break him in, like one of the sweetest people ever. Like he's so nice, so welcoming and so warm. And I think like the fact that he's now getting this platform and he is now guiding the junior division at such a young age. Yeah. I think like yeah, when he goes eventually solo, like he's a future champion, no doubt about it. 
for me, he feels very much like Osprey did in 2016, mm-hmm. first coming to New Japan. Like he seems like a guy that they can really kind of drive the junior division around. Uh, we got Dolores here who says, like this match, it was also good to put two stars that new uh, that new followers know in a great match, great introduction. So uh, good stuff all around for the junior heavyweight tag team championships. But Let's talk about one of the more anticipated matches and post-matches of Wrestle Kingdom going into the show. It was the second match on the card. Kyrie defending the IWGP Women's Championship for the first time against one of Stardom's most beloved performers, Ham Nakano. I thought both women's entrants were very well done, especially Kyrie's. It felt very like superstar aura, like you're seeing one of the best women's wrestlers coming out here. Love their, I love the exchange and loved how they work together. And they packed a hell of a lot. And I, like, two minutes into this match, I was like, well, well, goddamn, we're already at, like, forearms to each other. Kyrie with the big spear and the sliding forearm. I was like, man, if they're going, like, eight more minutes, because I thought this match would at least get ten minutes. I was like, man, they're, they're going to pack a lot in this ten minutes. And then out of nowhere, we get... We get Nakano like, with a a screwdriver, which almost gets him uh, gets her the win. Uh, but then Kyrie hits her spinning back fits, hits it again, and then she goes up to the top, hits the insane elbow. One, two, three in under six minutes. Kyrie getting the win here. Uh, that one left me wanting more. Honestly, I, I wanted more of these two women going at it. But of course. They had to say sometimes for the post-match. So the lights go out as Kyrie is given the IWGAP Women's Championship. A music video goes on the big screen. And, of course, it is none other than the former Sasha Banks, now known as, I qu- in, in quotes, the CEO, Mercedes Monet. I, I love the CEO name. Going from the boss to the CEO was great. She looked absolutely fabulous. This was another person that instantly, when she came on the screen, she came out on stage, had that superstar aura to her. Unfortunately, not everything went down exactly how they probably wanted it to. We had the stare down here with Kyrie raising the IWGP Women's Championship to Mercedes. And then Mercedes responded by giving her what looked like it was an attempt at a gory bomb into a twisting DDT. But I don't think Kyrie got the memo that that was the move that was about to be executed because she went directly to her knees and it did not really look that effective. It kind of what's botch then we get a promo from mercedes who says that uh she is challenging Kyrie for the iwgp women's championship on february 18th at battle in the valley so that's going to be a big match already tickets is flying out of there they only have about 200 tickets left after the announcement of this matchup so this whole debut for mercedes monet very well, you know, publicized the worst kept secret when it came to New Japan Pro Wrestling's Wrestle Kingdom 17. I will say she looked great. I thought that the theme song was a, a great choice. It was basically just a crisscross remix. Uh, I like that. I like her look. I like the I like the name, even the 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 move, it was unquestionably botched. 
Uh, the crowd did not really give her that superstar, you know, uh, reaction because it is Japan. It is, you know, they're still getting used to being able to cheer again, especially with the show being the first big show they're able to cheer again. So I will say that the, the debut overall was undeniably flat. But I am very happy that she is here and I am very happy how everything turned out for her because New Japan, you know, advertised her match for Battle in the Valley and already they sold a bunch of tickets for that show as I predicted. So the match with Team Tam and Kyrie, though, I really liked it. I gave it three stars, but that's honestly my biggest nitpick and complaint about Wrestle Kingdom is that I went into this show telling everybody, I was like, this show's going to be four and a half hours, maybe even five. I was like, four and a half hours minimum. But the show ended four hours and 15 minutes in. And I was like, you had five more minutes to give Tam and Kyrie because like this match, they packed basically a 15 minute match into six minutes. That's my biggest nitpick. I wanted more of these women. Give them at least five more minutes. But what did you think, Sanal, about the match with Tam and Kyrie, as well as the debut of mercedes Monet? Yeah, so I don't really watch Stardom. The only Joshi wrestling I watch is Tokyo Joshi. So for me, these New Japan shows are the big way for me to get it, like get my Stardom fix. So I was really excited. But exactly as you said, it felt like... I'm going into the first few minutes, I was tweeting. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. They are doing so much. And then it just ended. And I feel like, yeah, they probably did it to give uh, Mercedes quite a big bit. But obviously, they should know that as much as Mercedes drew in worldwide crowds and everyone like around the world was like, oh my God, this is amazing. A lot of the Japanese fans who obviously the reaction probably wasn't big, maybe not many of them were aware, would probably have rather had a bit more time for that Nakano match with Kyrie, then Sasha Banks coming out. Um, I don't even think her promo was that good. Like, that's a bit of a thing to say because I know Sasha Banks is known when she was in WWE for that. This sort of felt like I was there wishing that this didn't happen and I could have got a longer match. But that might just be because obviously I didn't, I've not followed WWE for a while. So for me, I would have much rather have seen the women get to shine rather than two amazing stardom wrestlers get overshined by mercedes's debut i know that sounds harsh but yeah that was my no, thoughts on it i i'm i was here for mercedes debut but i 100 agree with you i much i much rather have had her have a two to three minute i'd rather much have have like a video debut over the the ladies getting their time cut in this matter and kind of like kind of the opposite of you i've really been kind of doing my best to do my due diligence of watching a lot of stardom especially at the end of like last year going into queendom because i was very much interested in the, like shuri and julia's whole story so i watched a lot of their matches their past matches from 2022 as well as the best matches from stardom and i told jay news during our preview tam nakano was one of those women that just impressed me her and natapoy had one of the best steel cage matches i saw in 2022 just so physical didn't even need blood but they got over their anger their hatred for one another and then that turned into love when they became tag team partners so i was very much invested into that whole feud storyline and then into the partnership so i was just very disappointed that they only got six minutes here jay news what was your thoughts on the match and mercedes monet's debut so to um uh Sonal, you weren't being harsh. This is harsh. What the fuck was that? 
What was that? Okay, yeah, so that's I what I wanted to say, <laughs> but I was trying to be nice. Yeah, I think I'll take that. That is probably the best way to sum it up. As, as I said before, I had some things to say. First of all, for the two young ladies who were in this match, the spotlight, they were robbed of the spotlight. They built this match up to be this, this grand showcase for stardom, um, the, I, the new IWGP Women's Championship. It fell flat. How do you give these women a six minutes and 46 seconds worth of a match just for the sake of premiering Actually, a new record? Five minutes, five no, minutes, five, 56 five seconds. seconds. My bad. Yeah. yeah, less than six minutes. Regardless of the fact, they didn't give them time. There was no time. What is this? This isn't WWE. I, 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 thought, I thought we weren't we, 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 we weren't there anymore. And then, and then, oh, 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 and then we have to talk about Mercedes. Oh, Mercedes, my dear, my dear, dear girl. You look good. You look good. I can't I, I can't put that against her. She looks good. Everything. She's a star when she walks onto the scene and everything else in between. The promo was sad. So now you got that. The promo was sad. The botching of the move. I forgive that just because I've seen enough of her work to understand that that just happens sometimes or whatever. But to agree with Sid, it just fell flat. The fans, and I'll say, and, I, and this is a comment that I wanted to make. Um, sometime down the road, but I'll make it now. The fans didn't start reacting vocally up until at least the way that the way that I perceived it, and my perception might be off because I'm I'm sick. But until the the Zack Saber Jr. and Ren Narita match, I didn't necessarily hear the fans get vocal. And I agree. I think that there was there was a bit to what I think there was a bit in the first match. So and um, the uh, Kira, so the IWGP Junior, there was actually quite a bit in FTR versus Bishamon. Just because I think with that whole thing that the, as much as Western fans like to bash Chaos and Goto and Yoshihashi, mm -hmm. the Japanese crowds love them. So I, yes. I heard quite a bit of cheering for those two. But yeah, I feel like they were allowed to cheer. They knew how to cheer. And if it was as impactful as everyone in the West assumed, there would have been a reaction. It's not, oh, the Japanese fans are scared to cheer because they were cheering. Mm -hmm. They have been doing it for a while. They know it's just this fell flat on them and I don't blame them. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I think a lot of the time what gets lost in wrestling fandom is that certain angles don't work in Japan the same way that they work in the US. Like this would have worked fine if this was here in the US or like AEW, WWE. But in Japan, it's get out there, dump somebody on their head, get on the mic, cut a 30 second promo with some passion and then leave. And whatnot. That drawn out, slow paced promo bit that she cut. I was like, "What are you doing?" Well, the, uh, the, the, to be fair, I thought that she was more trying to get a cadence that the Japanese fans could understand. It just did not come off well at all. Listen, I also think the fact that everybody knew about it that it was so well publicized. Like the Japanese will have known it as well. Yeah. Like they're mm -hmm. not they're not oblivious to the things happening in the West. I feel like if somehow obviously it's almost impossible nowadays in wrestling if there was some way that this had been kept a secret i feel like maybe we would have seen like or at least heard because japanese crowd are very good for their, like <gasps> like the simultaneous like shock but they didn't have that shock they were probably like people at home probably less than west fans just waiting and thinking right this match as soon as it ended they were like well we know what's going to happen now rather than yeah. like thinking the match was going to end and then suddenly the lights go down which is then you'll probably hear the japanese reaction much more than them knowing what's going to happen then the drawn out entrance and then the drawn out promo 
honestly, yeah. if uh, that's a great point in my opinion, because honestly, I think the raid to because I love to kind of nitpick things or change things just a little bit to make it better. Would it have been better if uh, Mercedes came out at the beginning of the match and made it a three way? She just came out to wrestle. That would have yeah. got the pop. That would have yeah, surprised that, people that because exactly. everybody everybody was expecting the post-match angle. If she comes out in the beginning and makes it a three-way, then you're like, oh, wow, we're, we're not only getting Mercedes' debut, we're getting her wrestling. That would have right. been the shot. Exactly. So, you know, I think the – I understood what was going on. Don't get me wrong. I'm, you know, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm poo-pooing on this particular moment and whatnot. But it's like, you know, what the hell, guys? What the hell? You know, it could have it could have worked a little bit better. Uh, we're, we're, we're seeing we're going to see uh, Mercedes versus Kyrie on, on February 18th here in San Diego and stuff like that. Uh, Vala B here in the comments trying to give Mercedes some credit for to, for uh, selling out Battle in the Valley. Uh, she's a draw. I'm not taking that away from her. I'm just talking about the moment at Wrestle Kingdom, bro. It fell flat. It just did at the end of the day. There's, 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 there's yeah, it's like everyone saying that um, Wrestle Kingdom's the most like streamed by people, and yeah, she will have been a reason for that. And I feel yeah. like that's maybe why it got leaked because they knew New Japan in some way knew. Okay, might not work well with the Japanese fans, but if we tease that Mercedes right. Monet is coming, our New Japan subscriptions will go through the roof because people will want to witness that. So there's no, yeah. nothing to take away from her in the longer sense and for Western fans, but just in the context of Wrestle Kingdom or what Wrestle Kingdom should be, it just didn't, it just wasn't the right timing, storyline. It just didn't come together as I think Western fans expected it to. Yeah, I, I will say though, it definitely did bring out both, not only the Sasha fans, but the Sasha haters. The Sasha haters ate, ate up this flat this flat debut they were they were ready for it they were like oh my god you see that's why she's not she's not as good as everybody thinks she is oh man great discourse on twitter and by great i mean toxic as hell um let's go to the third match on the main card the aforementioned iwgp heavyweight tag team championships as ftr dax harwood and cash wheeler defend against bishiman hiroki goto and yoshihashi the winners of back-to-back -back 2020 and 2021 world tag leagues uh this match Definitely, uh, I think I thought raised the bar as far as what we were getting on on the show back up from you know the shortened women's championship matchup. FTR just came out very motivated, especially Cash Wheeler. I thought he was really out there working very hard, hitting dives and topes onto uh, Bishamon. Bishamon just kept uh, you know going for their big moves, but it would get cut off by FTR, and then they would hit theirs. They hit the big rig on Hiroki Goto, and Yoshiashi had to break it up. Then they followed up with their tribute to Tully with the Spike Power Driver for another near fall. In the end, though, uh, Bishamon was able to get rid of Cash Wheeler, sending him into the guardrail. And then they focused on Dax Hardwood. And then the finish that all FTR fans was fearing of Yoshihashi pinning Dax Hardwood happened. And my young buck's heart grew 10 times larger. I love this finish. Love this result. Bishimon wins. We get the embrace between FTR and Bishimon after the match. Really enjoyed this match. I give it three and a half stars. J News, what did you think of it? Uh, my thoughts about this match is exactly what I thought it was going to be at the end of the day. Uh, I predicted Bishimon to win. 
they did win. Um, you know, the continuing, well, it's over, right? There's no more gold at the end of the day around FTR right now. Um, so the boys, I think they're due for a break, uh, well-deserved. And uh, Bishamon will run with the belts. I'm not too sure. Who, uh, wait, did we come up with contenders for them at, at New Year's Dash? Yeah, as New Year's Dash, okay. they were in a six-man tag mm -hmm. uh, with Ishii against uh, the new TMDK, which we'll talk about after the next mm -hmm. matchup. And uh, uh, Mikey Nichols and Shane Haith defeated uh, Bishamon, so they look to be the next contenders for the titles. There it is. There it is, TMDK, the Mighty O'Neal. Uh, so, you know, I think that... This was a solid match. FTR never puts on a bad match. Uh, Bishimon, actually uh, one of the better tag teams in New Japan in the last couple of years, uh, staying to, at least staying together and, and, and making sure that there's a level of consistency there. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, definitely three and a half stars for me. Uh, quite enjoyable here. Um, so that's my thoughts with that. Sonal, what, what did you think? How did, how did this go about for you? I get it five stars because Yoshihashi got the pin and I'm the world's biggest Yoshihashi and Goto flag. <laughs> <laughs> but for years since I started watching everyone's like I hate Yoshihashi I don't get Goto I have been the biggest fan of these two so the fact that not only did they win but that Yoshihashi got the pin was the biggest biggest like hell yeah moment for me and um, I think the match itself could have gone on longer like I'd have liked it but like with the first match so the tag ones I think the time they were given meant that it was more dynamic it meant that the crowd got excited and there was no I mean, I mean, I don't assume that the Japanese fans say this, but like Western fans are not always the best fans of Bishamon. So I feel like any more and they might have just got bored. I'd have happily taken it. But for me, it showcased them. And I think for the first time in such a long time in the heavyweight division, it was a proper tag match based on tag team offense, like mm -hmm. saving each other, tag team yeah. moves. I feel like with both tag team matches, it's the first time that both of the Tag belts have been contested in contests where they feel like they've got teams. Even with Leo and Yo being new, it still felt like they were a proper tag team. Whereas in the past, we've had groups together who just sort of feel like singles wrestlers. This felt like sort of like you could have you could have added God into this and it would have been like beautiful, like proper yeah. tag teams going at it. And yeah, I was over the moon. Um, it was I think the first match where the crowds properly got into it. And for Yoshihashi and Goto to get their Wrestle Kingdom moment together, I can't fault it. Absolutely. I, I wouldn't have mind if Aussie Open was actually that third team in, in this matchup. I think I think that would have tied everything up from the FTR Aussie Open to Aussie Open versus Bishimon in the finals. Since you're a big Yoshihashi fan, I do have to ask you, Sanal, do you agree with Kevin Kelly that Bishimon is one of the best tag teams in the world today? I feel like what people are like, no, oh, I don't see it. Like you said with Aussie Open, back to that quickly. Um, I would have loved that because like they're on my wall somewhere. They're there, yeah. When I met them, um, they're my favorite tag team in the world. But I feel like if they had this idea for Bishamon to win, having Aussie Open in it and not winning would have sort of downgraded them as a tag team. But back onto yeah, Bishamon. Um, people seem to forget that before they were Bishamon, they've been chaos for years. Like. Mm -hmm. They have worked together. They've done never six man. They are the best in the world because they have they have this thing of the underdogs. 
Goto was like that to start. He's still like always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Yoshihashi for years not winning the title. Together they've got this like combined passion and heart that Chaos has and that people like to shit on for Chaos. Like I'm the first to say like although Chaos was my favourite faction when I started, they sort of lost their way after Jay left. Now I feel with the likes of Bishamon and obviously Okada winning the title, we're coming back to the core of it. And Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto are amazing wrestlers, apart and together. So I agree with Kevin Kelly. One of the best in the world, very diverse styles. Like, it was a great match. Yeah, I enjoyed this. I would say this was probably the my favorite IWGP heavyweight tag team title match that I've seen at Wrestle Kingdom. Maybe ever, or definitely in a long time. Definitely uh, but, in a very long time, still. Yeah. Let's talk about the fourth match on the main card. This was one that me and Jay News were talking about on our preview, looking forward to. It was the finals of the NJPW World Television Championship Tournament with Zack Sabre Jr. going up against Ren Narita, the son of Strong Style. And what we got was kind of like a mix where the both guys were kind of going with the technical base stuff that they have learned throughout their careers. And then you had Narita tapping in to his inner Shibata sitting down, daring uh, Zack Sabre Jr. to kick him in the back. You had uh, Sabre Jr. working over the arm throughout the contest. Narita would come back with hard kicks. It basically became the styles. If it was technical wrestling, Zack Sabre Jr. was dominant. If it came to hard hitting and strikes, Narita had the advantage here. But Ada, and he, he even was kicking out of some of Sabre's kind of finishing offense, the European clutch. Uh, he went for like a uh, rear naked could choke and then he would get out of that as well but in the end it's the submission magician it's the submission the submission wizard once again just pulling out a submission move basically out of nowhere like it was just they were grappling we get a cobra twist but saber pulls narita down into an arm bar and quickly narita has to tap out due to the work from saber jr on the arm here so zach saber jr is our first njpw world television champion after the match, Shane Haste and Mikey Nichols get into the ring. They offer the new champion a TMDK t-shirt, and he accepts, and he is now the official front man for T uh, TMDK. I thought this was an excellent move. I knew uh, once Sabre Jr. was out of Suzuki Goon, I honestly said it should have been Sabre Goon by this time. It should have just, the, the, it should have been the passing of the torch, especially with uh, ZSJ defeating Minoru Suzuki in that final uh Suzuki Goon matchup. I thought that it should have been him becoming the leader and leading the guys uh, moving forward instead of just disbanding it completely. But I'm totally down for this. They do have history from their time together in pro wrestling. Noah, as far as the as far as the match, this uh, I rated it the same as the opener, but I thought this was the best match of the night going up until this point. So I gave it four stars. So now, what did you think about Narita versus ZSJ? Yeah, going into the pre, so when I was doing my own preview, yeah, I was obsessed with this because out of all the matches on the entire card, Zack and Narita are the two who are the most like each other in terms of their style and things. And I think maybe, I think even when they were young lions, I feel like Zack praised Narita for his style and things. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think I remember match, that. Yeah, like he doesn't happen often. There's very few people that Zack Sabre Jr. will praise, and I think it's Sonada. Um, Narita and obviously we know what happened with Fujita later on but um, yeah it was just a great match 
overall like the best bit obviously when they were doing the shabbat style sitting there and then they were giving each other the stiff kicks like there was a 15 minute time limit which was great because there was a sense of urgency but also they kept the pace nice and slow but sticking to their guns like Zach, yeah. you're never gonna have like a very quick match with Zach. Similarly, that's probably what we're gonna expect with Narita. So it was a perfect pace, really nice. They were the funny thing is, obviously, we'll talk about this in New Year's Dash, what happens with Narita. I almost wanted at one point Narita and Zach to be like a tag team or something like that, especially with like RIP dangerous techers. Cause I think they're together, they are so dangerous because that match was just if you're not a fan of like the slow methodical submission stuff it might not be for you but for me naria and the vegan hydra did an amazing and yeah probably as much as i love the other matches it was one of the most underrated ones of the night i think yes and blonde zach i am here for i uh, all the yeah. peroxide is going to go to his ego and it's going to become even larger uh, i mean <laughs> I think this is the first time zach's has been anything but his natural color i was like yeah. I was when I saw at the press conference, I was like, wait, is that actually Zach? <laughs> Did he have a doppelganger who, who's addicted to peroxide? Um, has, has he brought in one of the young lions again to mimic him and die there? <laughs> J News, what did you think about Narita and ZSJ and ZSJ joining uh team TMDK? I think that um first things first with the TMDK move. Uh, he didn't just join TMDK. He is the front man at this yeah. point. The, uh, they are uh, doing a little bit of a band kind of a thing, right? So if you ever hear Shane Haste during the actual commentary or whatnot, when, when Fujita eventually became a part of TMDK and the Dash, he was like, well, now we have a roadie. So now everybody has like a like a, 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 a band position and stuff like that. So uh, that I think that's funny. Uh, for the match itself, um, exactly what I wanted it to be. Uh, 15 minute time limit. Uh, like Sanal said, the pace wasn't too fast, but it wasn't all, but it also wasn't too slow. So it was perfect for the two of them. Uh, that sense of urgency really, really is what made the match, uh, what it was in my, in, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, uh, to Valabi's point, Ren will get his day. Ren will get his day, uh, eventually. Uh, but like, uh, is like I said in the preview as well, I, I'm not going to take anything away from, uh, from ZSJ winning this particular championship right, right here. Uh, obviously, his first feud up, or what looks to be his first feud up, uh, is going to be uh, one for the ages. Uh, so uh, we'll we'll see how that uh, how that works out as well. But uh, definitely a match where I also agree with you, SP3, four stars for me as well, uh, just because of where the match was in the card, and then secondarily how they how they performed in comparison to. Uh, what the, what they could have gotten? Because imagine if this would have gotten what the what the ladies got. Like if it, this would have yeah. gotten like six minutes, I was like, oh man, this no hell no. I couldn't I could I wouldn't have been able to imagine it. But uh, definitely uh, some uh, some some cool exchanges and counter wrestling, as we know, uh, would will be coming about in this particular match. And uh, loved it, loved it, loved it, man. And uh, they definitely put on a show for that New Japan crowd at the Dome. Yes, they definitely did. And we got to talk about both of these guys come, going into New Year's Dash because they had kind of two very interesting uh, developments for them. Ren Narita was a part of the opening six-man tag coming up short to House of Torture. But then after the match, House of Torture decided to jump Narita and Minoru Suzuki 
came out to make the save with his swanky hat. And then uh, when the numbers got to uh, Grant Murder Grandpa, El Desperado came out to make the save for him. And then the, we got the post, uh, post-press post conference where both men were basically trying to convince Narita to fight with them. Let's fight together. And then on the other side, Zack Sabre Jr., like we said, had a six-man tag where he was victorious, getting the win over uh, Chaos of Bishamon and Tomorio Ishii. Ishii. But after the match, Ishii got in the face of Zack Sabre Jr., making it known that he is challenging for the NJPW World Television Championship. And I said it before, I will say it again. Ishii is tailor-made for this TV title division. If there's anyone who can have a 15-minute or 14-minute banger, it is Tomori Ishii. And Zack Sabre Jr. and him have always had great matches. We already talked about TMDK going after Bishimon, but what did you think about the developments for Narita and ZSJ on New Year's Dash, Sanal? Um, yeah, amazing. So, funnily enough, when um, Narita was a young lion, because he's always shown a more submission-based wrestling style. Like, mm-hmm. I always assumed he'd be like a junior similar to guys like Ishimori and Despi and Kanemaru Uncle Nobu, like, with their style. So when Minoru Suzuki came out looking very dapper, like, hat, skinny jeans, I was like, wow. He's a fashion icon, that man. And it didn't actually shock me because everyone hates House of Torture. Like, everyone will collectively join together to do it. And the fact that Despi is with Suzuki, I think it works. Like, obviously, it's going to be heartbreaking what we'll talk about the next New Year's Dash one after that is obviously he's not with Uncle Nobu anymore. So if Narita decides to stay as a junior, I know some people have said he's going heavyweight, but I feel like he'd be better fit with the juniors. Then there's something with him and Despi. And similarly with the whole Zack Sabre Jr. and Ishii, like Zack and Ishii are complete opposite. And that is what it's going to make and what has made their feuds amazing over the years. So everything is going in the right direction like we came into new year's dash with a lot of uncertainty with suzuki Goon and things but this new year's dash has brought everything so we've got i said this everyone in suzuki Goon has a home now like yeah. they've got a place and that for me is really reassuring and my new favorite stable by the way is just four guys just four I mean, guys just four guys one, does that mean that they're going to stay as four guys because if they have someone else then are we going to change to just five guys? Just six guys? <laughs> you, you can just keep going. Just nine guys? <laughs> like, what, what are we going to do here? Um, hey, dudes, what did... <laughs> I I I I love I love that I love that name and I love Takamishinoku being the one. To I love Taka. The fact he came out dressed in a suit and he knew what he was doing. I mean, the name might be questionable in the future, but for now, I think just four guys might replace Suzuki Gun as my new favorite faction. Come on, jump on there the Just is. Four Guys bandwagon, J News. There it is. Uh, I can't do that yet. I can't do that yet. Um, I'll say this. I think that it was a very, very interesting turn of events to see, uh, like Sadal said, the quite dapper, the the fashion icon himself, Minoru Suzuki, because he has a love for socks if people don't follow him on Instagram. I was going to say, <laughs> um, it's a shame that he had like skinny pants on that you couldn't see his mm-hmm. socks, because 10 out of 10, they probably would have been epic ones from his shop. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, uh, him coming out for the save on Renarita just shows the amount of respect that Suzuki has for Renarita as per ZSJ has. 
for Brett and Rita. So there's a there's some a little bit of that six degrees of separation in that there uh, for for me as well. And uh, you know, Despy had to choose a side at this point, and he wasn't going to be anybody's face at the end of the day. So he's got to he's got to continue to be a tweener because that's where he's at. And uh, for him to go to to still have Suzuki there, and then now uh, having uh, this this uh, this immediate relationship uh, with Red Narita, we'll see how that how that how long that lasts uh, was was interesting. Uh, but uh, for them to eventually challenge for those never openweight six man tag team championships is going to be something that we're going to be looking forward to in the next coming weeks, if not months. Uh, so we'll see how that works out. Uh, as for uh, you know, TMDK uh, with their with their challenge to Bishiman, I think uh, that's going to be one hell of a match. Uh, I expect Bishiman to, to win that out somehow, but you know, still more of a spotlight on on the TMDK guys. Uh, Shane Haste and Mike, Shane Haste and Mikey Nichols are still uh, one so hell of a tag for Aussie Open to dethrone Bishiman, though. That's what eventually. I'm Eventually, yeah, yeah, yeah eventually, like eventually. they're gonna do it. They'll have TMDK face Bishimon, TMDK lose maybe a few more title defenses for Bishimon before giving a big moment. I almost I think because New Japan are doing stuff in Australia and New Zealand now, so I feel like maybe they might wait for Aussie Open to win there, or maybe even back in the UK because obviously that's where Aussie Open have mm -hmm. based yeah. most of their career. I do know that uh, Kieran talked to uh, the uh, Obare at uh, at Wrestle Kingdom, or I think New Year's Dash, because you know he usually is like in the the corridor meeting fans, and he asked them, "Are you coming back to the UK this year?" And Obari did confirm that they are. So I could see them waiting for their return to the UK. To well, I need to be saving a lot of money then. The last royal question <laughs> me out of pocket quite a bit, so I think. Now I know that I'm gonna start saving up for the next shows. <laughs> there you go, there you go. But and we, as uh, Jay News mentioned, TMDK also added a new member as for the first time a young lion has made it to a faction as Vegeta, who was basically cut the best promo of 2022, uh, thanks to Zack Sabre Jr. ahead of his TV title tournament matchup with Evil and helping him out uh, to, to basically piss off Evil in their matches in the G1 and in the TV title tournament. Now he is a part of TMDK. He is you now the roadie. And uh, Rohei, Rohei was just like, he was like he was like Squid Squidward watching watching Patrick and SpongeBob play. He's like, I want to be out there. I want to be out there with but my friends. I think it's the hardest for Oiwa because obviously with the new lines, even though you have classes of normally four or five, they're always duos. So you had Jay and Finley, Sho and Yo, Shota and Narita, and um, Uemura and Suji, and it almost felt like with this class it was Oiwa and Fujita, and now. Yeah. The fact that both of them were working with Zach during this and Fujita got picked or we were the, the shot of just him in the corner after that yes. it broke my yes. heart I was like he's so young and you're just great like Terry ripping his heart out I, I love Zach telling the camera I got a I got a young boy too fuck off Moxley <laughs> yeah I mean, that was so funny like you you think you did it with Shota like I'm going one better he's in my actual faction now <laughs> Fuck off, Moxley. That was great. I, I love that because, as you, if you guys remember, Zack Sabre Jr. was supposed to be the guy who first Moxley for the IWGP US title before the pandemic. So I love that that that, that little line kind of continues the feud there. Eventually, hopefully, New Japan gives us that matchup. I also uh, feel like Zack's that one person who, like, he never forgets. 
he will bring out random yeah. things and if you are a long new japan fan you'll be like oh my god that's what he means like even in the post-match comments after wrestle kingdom he was like i could do a george michael thing but like you just imagine it and i'm just like right if you know zach this has been a long-standing thing for him for like a year now I will never forget his, I still say, his promo after he won the New Japan Cup uh, last year is one of the greatest of all time of, yeah, I was, yeah I, was, I was just knocked out and I had a conversation with George Michael and he said, he said, uh, use, use the, use the Tekkas and he, and I'm like, I've been using the Tekkas, it's not working. So he says, well, use the, use the Zack driver, I'm about to go perform. So I used the Zack driver and that's how I won. <laughs> it was great. Great Zach promo. Zack is actually the most underrated promo guy in probably professional wrestling because everyone assumes yeah. that he's just a techers guy and because new japan's not known for its in-ring promos that they don't really listen but if you like was it a few years ago when he um kept losing in the g1 and he kept having tantrums and throwing yes. things his post-match comments are some of the funniest things and contrast his in-ring style so much like his ongoing thing of because he's from the isle of shepping and the um, shepping newspaper won't come and report on him and He's like, oh, there's um, the Japanese news outlets, but why are they not coming to interview their most famous resident? And it's just small things like that that just makes it epic. Yeah, he's, he's great. He's great. I think that, uh, you know, I think they, the, uh, New Japan giving uh, Oiwa the chance to show some character just in that particular segment itself is a, is a, big, is a big step. In, in in a direction for all the well, like like Sonal said, this paired uh, group of of, uh, of young lions here. Um, to uh, to Sonal's point, I think uh, once uh, Yurimura and 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 the homie come back to New Japan proper, uh, we'll see a couple of things uh, happening, man. But uh, yeah, definitely a great uh, a great way uh, a great way to to have ZSJ get Fujita in to the uh, to the faction there. Yes, I loved it. Now we went from a match that I said, like I said, was one of my most anticipated matchups to a match that I wasn't anticipating a lot. And um, I'm not going to spend too much time on just pre warning. Uh, we had Tom Atanga versus Carl Anderson for the Never Openweight Championship. Before the bell, uh, Anderson attacks Tom Atanga with the Never Openweight Championship. He then delivers a Rikishi driver on the ramp. Uh, a gun, a gun stun follows but Tama is able to uh, push it away. Uh, Carl Anderson did dominate like a good portion of the early moments of this match until Tama Tonga made his comeback, hitting a, sing a stinger splash. At one point, Carl Anderson hit a nice move. I will give him that. He had a top rope neck breaker on Tama Tonga, and then he turned around and botched the finish as uh, Tama Tonga <laughs> hit a gun stun in quite possibly the worst gun stun slash diamond cutter slash RKO I've ever seen. And it had nothing to do with what Tomatonga was doing. Tomatonga was really good in this matchup. And I and I was saying for people that just watch Wrestle Kingdom, they're probably very much surprised about the reaction to Tomatonga and probably asking themselves, when did Tomatonga become one of the biggest baby faces in New Japan? But he has been one of the most improved on the roster this year. Uh, I give this match two and a quarter stars it wasn't for me and honestly i felt like this one went too long in comparison to to what we saw with tam and Kyrie. but what did you think jay news oh man in the words of la night let me talk to you right now right now 
the Good Brothers. Listen, man, they have a place in my heart, do they? Chad and the Big LG. They have a big place in my heart. But this, this, this was not it. This was not it. Chad, I don't know what the hell was going on last night, brother. You got paid. You got paid. That's the most important part. You got the greenbacks in your pocket. You got paid. What the hell was that? I don't, well, I, I I don't say, know. Is it a bad thing yes. that this was probably um, Carl's best match he's had in New Japan since returning? That's the worry. It is, though. It is, though. Because it, it's it's way, it's a world better than what he did with Hikaleo. I will give him that. I'll give him that. I guess. I guess. I guess. If we can bring uh, some light into Carl Anderson, is the best match he's had since he came back last year. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For whatever that's worth at the end of the day. Uh, I, 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 I'm just disappointed. I'm disappointed. Uh, I, I don't know what else to say at this point. I understand that the money is everything. Getting paid is the way of life. I get it. But this this was just not it for the people, man. Uh, I'll say this about post-match stuff, the press conference interview thing. Uh, sometimes there are moments when the curtain does come down and you appreciate it. And I think that moment that Carl... <coughs> Sorry, guys. And Thomas shared in the back was one of the coolest moments I've ever seen in professional wrestling. Um, just just for the sake of the brotherhood of the of the of the guys in the back and what it what it meant, what that moment meant for Tama and things of that nature, and uh that bullet club connection, how far it goes outside of just whatever's in front of the camera, you know. So I think that was a that was a big moment uh for the two of them, uh, outside of Carl botching the freaking finish. But uh, you know, I think I think that was that was one of the cooler moments. Uh, that I've seen in, in pro wrestling in a long time. And uh, like SP3 said, I think that Tama did a great job here in the match, you know, doing his part. Um, I'm just not a big fan of T-shirt of t-shirt Chad. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of T-shirt Chad. Um, it's it's definitely uh, levels worse than T-shirt Kenny, than house show Kenny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's levels worse than night than t-shirt naito it's it's just yeah. it's not it's not good and and literally chase the two two and a quarter star rating the two stars is for tomatonga's performance because he was undeniable really good and the quarter star is for that neck breaker that i the aforementioned the only good move that carl anderson hit in the match i gave that a quarter what did you think sanal yeah i mean i'm the biggest tomatonga fan i love tomatonga's like loved him for years i think i love that he got this wrestle kingdom on but yeah i hate that like the two going a quarter stars you gave two was from tama like if you'd have put him against i think like other guys who've held the never titles so shingo ishii you could have given him a proper wrestle kingdom moment not a match that he had to basically carry himself like with the botch at the end easily what should have happened was that botch went wrong. Carl should have kicked out. So Tama could have hit it properly right. and got that mm -hmm. proper yeah. ending. For me, it was a... Like, botches happen. We know it's happened in New mm -hmm. Japan. It happened with some of the biggest stars. But it's how you carry on from that. Carl, as a veteran, should have known that went wrong. We can't ruin it. Let's try it again. Because, you like, they have been near Miss Gunston's the entire match. One more is not going to do anything. Right. But yeah, Agreed. I mean, the big thing was, I think we were all just going into this, like, hopefully Tamatonga wins. He did. It's a shame that he couldn't have won in a much bigger way because we know Tama is one of the best athletes in New Japan. Fast, strong, quick, um, agile. 
But hopefully that's the last we have to see of Carl in New Japan, unless he's going to buck up his ideas and return to what we saw when he was first in New Japan all those years ago. Yes. Uh, I, I do want to say, I do want to mention a tweet that I put out there, and I got a lot of heat for it, Sonal J News, because when uh, Carl Anderson came out, I, I immediately started trolling WWE fans, and I was like, well, color me shock, AJ Styles is not here, because for weeks... I heard AJ Styles was going to be here. And yes, I already knew that AJ Styles was injured. But number two, Luke Gallows wasn't here. And number three, unlike FTR and unlike Kenny Omega, who later on in the night when they were introduced and their name, their their lower third name came up and it had a big AEW symbol Mm -hmm. next to it. Carl Anderson's lower third did not have a big WWE logo next to it. It had the Bullet Club logo next to it. So this made it clear as day. I'm going to let this be known to all the WWE fans. This was not WWE working with New Japan. This was Carl Anderson going to the table with with WWE and saying that I've already been booked for these shows with New Japan. So if I'm going to sign on the dotted line, you have to allow me to do those commitments with New Japan. It was basically WWE giving a permission slip to their child to go on a field trip. That's all it was. It was it was like it was it, it was basically Carl going, right, we need to finish this storyline and Obviously, if there was something between WWE and New Japan, in the post-match after Wrestle Kingdom, they would not have had this brotherly love thing. Because in the New Japan system, technically, if this was carrying on, Carl is still Team Jay. And Jay and Tama are still, like, against each other. If they were going to carry on this thing, that would not have happened. The hugging at the end in that post-match has officially drawn the line saying like there is no new japan or wwe at least not in the near future and not involving carl anderson yes and and i'm I'm sorry for anyone who was offended by my clearly sarcasm in my tweet cm knew but obviously a lot of people did not Uh, we got Chase who says Carl wanted to make sure his Bullet Club brother and sisters are uh, getting that Monday Night Raw check. What a guy! Yes, the 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 Carl, he's looking out for everybody. He's looking out for the man. Party. If look, listen. At the end of the day, I understand looking out for people, but you can't go out there and half-ass it, man. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Like like, be the example, bro. Be the example. But you That's know what the funny saying. thing is? So when New Japan came to the UK, so they had meet and greets, and I had a meet and greet with um with the Good Brothers. And the funny thing is, you could tell they were hungover. <laughs> like I think the Bullet Club must have gone drinking because like Jay and the Good Brothers had sunglasses on. Well, the funny thing is, it's like no offense to the Good Brothers, but then their matches aren't great when they're like stone cold sober, when they're like the mm-hmm. best thing. The fact that they were doing this like. I assume because they told me they'd been drinking, and I think I, if I can remember rightly, but like the sunglasses were a giveaway. And I'm thinking, right, well, if you're doing that, I mean, what, like, do you not have any passion that you just want to go in and do it? Like, Wrestle Kingdom, Carl has done Wrestle Kingdoms before, he has shined at Wrestle Kingdoms before. You can't yes. tell me that he didn't want to leave New Japan on a positive note and actually put something into that match that people would go, you know what? He's been a bit shit recently, but no, he's lived up on this match when it matters. Nope, nope. He 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 wants to go back to Connecticut and collect his check, which I, 
I can understand. With his hot Asian wife, who's still yes. another mention, of course. Yes, of course, of course, as always. Uh, next, we had an another uh, multi-man matchup, this time on the main card here, as it was Los Inganables, Deja Pons, uh, Tensuya Naito, Sanada, Ibushi versus Kenji Muda, Hiroshi Tadahashi, and Shoto Amino, the past, present, and future of New Japan Pro Wrestling for Muda's final match in New Japan under his Kenji Muda per, uh, persona. This match here, I like the beginning here with Muda kind of telling Tadahashi and Shooter to, to step aside so he could go at it with his former protege, Sonata. I love Sonata immediately busting out the Muda song on Muda. That was a nice little touch here. I love the interactions with Muda and Naito. I love Naito going at it with Tadahashi. Naito and, and Shooter was my favorite part of this matchup, starting their little rivalry, which would continue at New Year's Dash and seems to be going to be one of uh, Naito's main focus as we head into the new year for New Japan. In the end, what we predicted was correct, uh, J-News. I looked at the people in this matchup and I was like, Bushi, you here to look up at the lights. So Bushi got the three-on-one assault. He got the Shining Wizard. He got the uh, the Sling Blade. And then finally, Shooter put him away. One, two, three to give their team the win. Team Muda getting the win. Kenji Muda on top in the Tokyo Dome in his final match here. I gave this three and a quarter stars. It was fun. It was basically what I thought it would be. But I like that uh, Shooter got the spotlight here. It was the finish that I thought was the right decision because shooter has everything all the things kind of coming together that's going to make him a future main eventer for new japan so i like the showcase here for him sanal what did you think yeah exactly i had the exact prediction that bushi was going to get pinned but it was a really nice match with some good moments so you said obviously sonata going for the um for his patented flip and it's not where keiji muto was going to go up for his flip and then tanahashi was like no 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 just come down. And like, that was you retired that. Like, let's not do that. <laughs> Please don't break your body months before you're retiring. Let's just end on a good note. Um, it was sort of like the comedy within a very serious card. It showcased all the wrestlers because obviously one of the big shocker things going into Wrestle Kingdom was that Tanahashi and Naito didn't have a big match. So in a way, it was nice to have them there. Tanahashi and Naito interacting is always hilariously chaotic. Like, they have this hate relationship that's gone on for years. Um, the big thing, yeah, I tweeted this out and people seem to like it. it. In this one match, you had the past, present and future of New Japan. And I think it was a really nice middle ground. Like, I, when I saw the preview, I was like, ah, it's time for me. That's like a toilet break. It wasn't because I wanted to watch it all. I was like... There's some of the best wrestlers in New Japan, some of my favorites. And yeah, Sonada, Naito, Bushi, love them. Keiji Muto, Tanahashi Shota. You have the most popular wrestlers as well in one match, so you can't go wrong with it. Yeah, like, I would have loved for Tadahashi and, and Naito to have bigger matches or a singles match between each other. But I will say, like, after watching this matchup, I was like, yeah, the match needed them to give it a little bit star power and to make sure people didn't treat it as a bathroom break type of matchup. So, Jay News, what did you think? Oh, man. Uh, it, it's, it, it, you know, I think it happens in the world of sports. and happens It happens everywhere. People retire, right? And... For a person of person like myself, who's been a fan of KG Muto slash the Great Muda since the late 80s, 
to understand that I've been watching professional wrestling for damn near 40 years is a, is, is a, is a thing. Um, but to see one of my favorites of all time, wind it down, you know, is it's, it's, it's bittersweet, you know, uh, a lot to uh, what Kevin Kelly said on new year's dash. And when they spoke to Sonata and Sonata said that he was really happy to be in the match, but at the same time, he was really sad, uh, to see his mentor and trainer, uh, have his last match in new Japan. Um, I think that to see him at least attempt the rounding press was it was a cool was it was a cool feat and have Tana talk him down uh was what was a was a cool spot there as well. Um Sonata obviously hitting it. If he didn't hit it, it wouldn't I think the match wouldn't have, wouldn't have hit. I think Sonata had to have hit have to had hit that rounding press uh in order for it to 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 have gone off. Uh always a shout out to my main man, the top shotter, shooter Umino. Uh that man that kid, man, he's he gonna be a star, bro. He's gonna be a star. <coughs> I don't care what anybody what says. What did you all think what? of his new ring gear as well? Like, I thought it was yeah. certainly, you know, the white jacket and stuff. I thought it really, like, although he's got a bit of obviously that Moxley influence still, he is starting to realize no, he can't just ride off Moxley. He has now got to get his new ring gear. And he was using the pink and white here in the UK, mm. and it's like in person, it's beautiful. It works so well with his baby face persona. And obviously, like, battles off the fact that he basically could be Tanahashi's son, not Red Shoes' son. Yo, I was exactly so no, we are great minds thinking alike, because when I saw this, I went out to the UK, and I went to Red Pro, and I saw Shooter for the first time in a while. So I was like, when did Shooter become little Tanahashi? Like, that, that was the first time that I saw it, and then here, being next to Tanahashi, I was like, he is young Tanahashi, because this man has gotten himself into tremendous shape. He was out mm -hmm. there doing kip-ups. He looked so yeah. good. I was like, this man is going to main event Wrestle Kingdom 20. I have all At the confidence point, in said, the world. Maybe Red Shoes needs to take a paternity test, because maybe it was Tanahashi who's actually Shota's dad. Now we're thinking we're going to do a Murray segment and we're going to get Red Shoes and Tadahashi and Shooter here and we're going to find out who the real daddy is, ladies and gentlemen. Put put your choices in the live chat. Who do you think Shooter's real daddy is? Moxley, Tada, or Red Shoes? This is putting uh, ELP and Shingo's Who's the Daddy match completely out of the waters now. This is the real Who's the Daddy match. Absolutely. That, imagine that three-way? Come on. <laughs> I'll say, oh jeez. <coughs> uh yeah. I'll say this. Um for a shooter to get the pin on Bushi in KG's last match, I think it said a lot. Um, you know, not necessarily a coronation of the kid or anything like that, but for Mudo to uh, to you know, it could have been it could have been any it could have been anything for Mudo to get the pin. It could have been anything for Tanahashi to get the pin, but to let shooter get the pin um in his last uh new japan pro wrestling match um to me at least it shows that you know i think mudo has some faith or see some see some potential in this kid so uh i think that was that was uh something to to take away from the match as well uh uh you know never never anything to take away from the guys from lij uh you know i got my love for sonata uh naito is one of the best ever uh bushi you know bushi bushi's bushi <laughs> At the end of the day, uh, so it, it, that that that's there, uh, but yeah, man, it was a, it was an enjoyable match, and uh, it was a, it was a good part of the card. You got to know, Bushi is hoping that that Teton comes back very very soon, very very soon. 
Fantastica Maria is right around the corner. So we'll, 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 yeah, we'll that's coming up next month. So maybe, well, like, I think I saw someone in the chat saying that, like, Bushi's the electrician because he's always looking at the light. One day, it's like similar to like Uncle Noble. One day, New Japan are going to go, you know what? F it. Bushi's getting that junior title again. Because he's had it once, but it wasn't a very good yeah. reign. Like, let's give him like a proper reign. And because Bushi's a good wrestler, like, he is. He's charismatic. He can do stuff in the ring. I just feel like he's always overshadowed by the much bigger LIJ personalities. Yeah, I think that's the big thing. Like, everybody that comes into LIJ just kind of surpass him. And he was like the second member of LIJ, but Sanada. He, crea he basically him. created LIJ, you could say, because it was just yep. Naito before. And if it wasn't for Bushi and Evil, like, there wouldn't be anything there. We, we, I, but he doesn't get much love at all from fans or from New Japan. Uh, I, saying, I, I, I love Bushi. I'm like the person who takes every all of the wrestlers that Westerners aren't a fan of. Yoshihashi, Goto, Bushi. I, I was on original Team Doki. You know, before Doki got really popular, oh, nice. I was Team Doki back then. So you know what? I'll give love to anyone who doesn't get it in the West. I'll do all the love that they need. <laughs> You, you're giving out all the love that Gato doesn't give them. That's what you give. I, I, yeah. I like that. I like that stance. Sonata uh, as well. As much as everyone loves him, he's not getting titles anytime soon. So I'm giving Sonata yeah. my love as well. You, you better give Naito some love because I think it's over for him at the top. Like, I, sadly, I think he still has a little bit left in the tank as we saw against, you know, Osprey last year. But I don't see them, uh, like, giving him that chance. I thought this year's G1 was the perfect opportunity to give Na Naito had the best story going into the G1. And then they just completely was like, no, we're, we're going with Okada again. Okay. Uh, Chase saying Okada is the real daddy because he ain't gonna be putting over Shota when the time comes. Hashtag go. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I think uh, Okada is gonna be the one that uh, Shooter eventually has to go over to become a main eventer for sure. Yeah, just like o Tanahashi was it to Okada, Okada will be to Shota, Shota will be to someone someday. Yes, yes, it's it's the line of uh, the line secession here. Uh, Vala B saying, doesn't matter who his father is, uh, Moxley is his daddy. Well, I put it out on Twitter, so you can you can comment on Twitter as well that we are really we're trying to see who the real daddy is, y'all. Uh, let's get into the junior heavyweight championship matchup, the four way match with Taji Shimori defending against El Desperado, Hiromu Takahashi, and Master Wado. This one was an absolute blur. Like this was just fast paced from the opening uh, minutes. You had Ishimori kind of taking a powder to the outside, uh, then this one like starts fast with the other three competitors uh they start fighting to the outside we get dives from uh all four men ending off with Hiromu with his big senton off the top rope we got interactions with Hiromu and uh Despi which reminded me of all their great matches whether it be the best of the super juniors 2020 2020 or last year in the Tokyo Dome them going at it but man Taji Ishimori looked good too you know, you had El Despi with the all white. You had Hiromu with his uh Mike uh, Mike Wazgowski uh attire that he came out with with nothing but eyes on his uh coat, and everybody was great in this match. But our boy 
Our boy was running. He was running news. He was running to the Grandmaster. Master Wado was the MVP of this match. Like that crowd in the Tokyo Dome wanted him to win. The guy that was the least. SPG, let me just let me just correct you there. He wasn't the MVP of the match. He was the MVP of the entire Wrestle Kingdom. You heard it here, folks. You heard it here. She's going for it. But Masawato was tremendous here. Unfortunately, he ran into a time bomb. Number two from Hiromu Takahashi. One, two, three. Hiromu Takahashi is a five-time IWGP junior heavyweight champion. Uh, this match was absolutely awesome. I love this match. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I gave it four and a quarter stars. This one eclipsed uh, Narita and ZSJ for my favorite match up until this point. Sanal, I know you're big on Master Wado. You already, you already spoiled the ending when we give our MVPs. What did you think about his performance here and the match overall? So this is the match I was probably most looking forward to. I know like Jay's one of my favorite wrestlers, but in the junior division, I always loved it. The first Wrestle Kingdom I ever watched was in 2018, and they had the Fatal 4 away for the title back then. So it's sort of like quite a nice circle for me. Um, but I feel going into this match was one of the best build-ups because you obviously had... In October, they were fine, and they teamed together. And it is four of the best, like, I mean, apart from the four who were obviously in the tag match um, at start of night, four of the best wrestlers in the world. Like, I've followed while well, I remember I started watching New Japan as Wato was a young lion, saw him leave, saw his almost lackluster return. And to what, and I was there, like, no, I know Wato. Wato can do it. He can do it. And to see him over the past, he went shining. Like, his impact in this match, like, I am the biggest Desperado fan, but I was saying this to people, like, for me, Wato shined more than any of them. He, at points, I was like, Wato's winning this, I don't care what anyone's saying. Um, Master Wato is going to have his Wrestle Kingdom moment, which I was obviously sad when it didn't happen, but as someone who's so young, and obviously his career when he came back wasn't the best, came back in the pandemic, was quite a messy worker, really, if you think about it, to start with, a lot of botches, quite dangerous. To see where he's come now was great. And the match was pure chaos. Because everyone always says, New Japan can't do multi-man championship matches. We saw it when it was Kenny, Ibushi, and Cody for the title. But yeah. I always say that the junior division is the one exception. And this, again, showed it. Like, chaos in the perfect form, but cohesive chaos. I was a bit upset with the ending. Like, I love Hiromu. Amazing guy. But I wanted... I knew Ishimori wouldn't retain, but I think in my heart I had Desperado having his Wrestle Kingdom moment. But I guess it's all going to sort of build up to things like Kushida coming back and trying to get back into the picture. But yeah, who knows? Next year, Wrestle Kingdom could be Master Wato winning that title. It could be, you know, Hiromu still wants to be the junior heavyweight that gets them to the main event. I know I said with Jade News earlier this year, I felt like Hiromu, Kushida again at the at Wrestle Kingdom is the type of match that I could see mm -hmm. them going to give the main event to. But Salah, you 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 had us at your you're the biggest El Desperado fan because that's what we we build our whole mm -hmm. New Japan content on is that we are Desperado marked. So we gotta we gotta invite you for every New Japan review now because you're a part of the team. But on El the Desperado other hand is is a wrestler who is literally the probably the sexiest wrestler in New Japan but you can't see his face. You've seen his face maybe two or three times in his career, but still manages to be the sexiest man in the company. She 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 said something we can't say. 
exactly. So, I mean, we can say it, but it doesn't sound as appealing. But she said it. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's where it's at. That's where it's at. She she said the words that we were probably thinking though. Um, <laughs> what you wanted to say, but the words that I can say without it sounding a bit weird. There you go. Uh, but on the other hand, with Master Wado, we've always said that, you know, the, the whole making his way to the Grandmaster, we've said this this dude has been crawling his way to the Grandmaster for some time. But like I said, when I was talking about the Match J news, our boy was running here. What did you think about his performance? <coughs> so, as you know, I'm, I'm, uh, uh, Sonal, this is probably news to you, but I'm, a, I'm an avid moviegoer. I love movies and the way that stories come about, how they're constructed and things of that nature. I now see the light. I see the light, folks. <laughs> you see, I see the, the blue light. light. I see the you blue see light, the folks. Blue light to the master. I, I, th I think I think Vala B said it less. He said he said almost lackluster return. It was the wettest fart I've ever seen. It was done on purpose, ladies and gentlemen. This is not it was a two-year build-up. They a two -year wanted us to wait. Long form storytelling is what New Japan Pro Wrestling does. He is crawling his way to the Grandmaster. This young man will get there eventually, but this climb, this 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 climb of Everest that is pro wrestling for Master Watto, we will continue to see it. This was his his shining moment so far. We will see what he does in 2023. He killed it in this match, man. And to see him basically run a rough shot in this match, I was like, wait a minute. What are we doing here? What are we doing? Is he no longer is he is he no longer the pupil? Is he is he coming up in the world? I was like, oh man, we about to get it done. But he couldn't beat the master because at this point, the master in the match, right, or the guy who has the most championships out of everybody who was in the who was in the ring, uh, Romu beat him. So I said to myself, ah, another setback. But this this will teach him. This will teach him, and so he will uh, he will go on and learn a lesson from this as well. Uh, man, Despy was great. You know. There's, there's nothing to say about El Desperado that hasn't been said before, at least here at True Hill Heat, because we are marks for Despi. Uh, so uh, that being said, Hiromu, man, you know, you can never go wrong with giving him the belt. You just can't. Uh, just would have figured, because my, my prediction was Despi to win the match. Uh, Mine was just Despi figured, as well. I said yeah, that as well. I was just like, just yeah, would have figured it, it Yeah, just would have figured it would have been a little something a little bit different to have Desperado have a wrestling the moment. Um because uh, I also said this, I, I I don't like SP3 knows I don't have Twitter, so I don't know how much flack I would ever get for saying this, but it's true. I'm just not a big fan of uh, of uh, Ishimori's work. I understand as a professional wrestler, he's great uh, and things of that nature, objectively speaking. But like overall, it's like he just has never really done it for me. So you know, uh, it is. I'm taking on yeah. that. I think when he was in Bullet Club, he was great. He had he was one of the only juniors. But I think El Fantasmo and then Ace Austin and that mm -hmm. coming for the junior division has really showed the flaws in Ishimori. Like, he has had some great stuff, like with his old stuff with Hiromu when it was the Muscle Chihuahua and the Sendai Sailor Boys. He does stuff like that. You yeah. see a spark of his personality, like when it's Ishimori versus Taguchi or Ishimori versus his allergy to Uncle Nobu. He can shine. Love but it. I feel Love like. It. Yeah, New Japan is not letting him showcase this comedic side that will take him from a amazing wrestler to the wrestler that he could be. Yeah, I I went with Hiromu only because uh, 
I was I Jay News can tell you I was pissed when Haromo won the best of the super juniors, but uh, I was I was even more confused when he lost to Ishimori. But I did realize he lost to Despri for the title at Wrestle Kingdom, lost to Ishimori after winning the best of the super juniors. If he loses here, you gotta just basically call him up to the to the heavyweight division at that point. Like you can't have him lose that many big matches in a row and expect him to still be the top star of the division where he still can be, and he's never really gotten the long reign with the title like he had the reign uh last year and it going into you know with uh you know the first his first run after beating Kashida, but that ended at dominion he had the run in 2018 that got cut off for the neck injury he had the run you know in uh 20 uh i think it was 2020 but yeah it's never been that long drawn out run so hopefully they give him the reign that he really needs here but uh, I know it's a bit random, like I want to just quickly go back to Master Wato and you were saying like the journey. I think that the change in in Wato came when he got rid of Tenzan and took on Taguchi. Because with Taguchi, he almost found this comedic sense to him. He found a personality. And of course, Wato himself is improving. But to have someone like such a veteran junior like Taguchi, who has stood the test of time. I think that really has benefited like his team with Taguchi was basically I think the catalyst that has helped him improve in every single way. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Uh but it is about that time, y'all. Yeah, I know a lot of people came to this review for us to talk about it, and we are. We're gonna talk about Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay. Unquestionably, the match that everybody wanted to see from Wrestle Kingdom 17. And this one was a spectacle from the very beginning. Kenny Omega coming out with the Final Fantasy 7 One Wing Angel uh, theme song, Seth Ruff uh, theme. Oh man, this was just big time Kenny in the Tokyo Dome once again. You had Will Ospreay. Breaking out elevated. Oh my god, my heart, my heart, y'all. My heart, y'all don't understand, y'all. Like when I heard when I saw the the on the trot, it said the return of the assassin, and then I heard da -da 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 -da. I was like, oh, oh my god, it's elevated, elevated is back. Oh yes. Uh this match was an absolute barn burner you got the you 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 can't escape very early on then it got into you know the outside with kenny breaking out a table doing the double stomp off the off the apron onto will osprey and then the here's kenny <laughs> i love it every single time and i love the fact that kenny omega can be both a killer and the most hilarious person the most hilarious murderer i have ever seen because he would, would go on to murder will osprey but before that osprey executed a great suplex on the broken table which had me cringing at what was he was doing to kenny's back we had the the uh sky twister off the top rope to the floor then we had uh kenny in the ring uh on the top rope he basically exposes the turnbuckle first then he's fighting with uh will on the top rope there they have a little struggle and then kenny breaks out the same ddt to the exposed turnbuckle that he did to naito in the 2017 G1 Climax Final, and Osprey was absolutely leaking afterward. Blood splattered all over the floor. Then you got Kenny bashing his head into the broken table where it looks like a murder scene. Osprey with a 
eventually make his comeback after some tremendous selling. My favorite selling point was Osprey trying to do like a Hurricane Rada to Kenny, and he kept slipping off the top rope. He eventually would get to the top rope, and then Kenny smashed him down onto the exposed turnbuckle again. But Osprey continued to fight, come back. He would hit the Os cutter for a near fall. Towards the end, uh, we got we got him breaking out the Styles Clash, which was very sim symbolic because AJ Styles is the hero of both of these men. Then we get the 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 holding on to the arm, and they're giving each other mean strikes back and forth. Kenny with V triggers, Osprey responding with the hidden blade, but still holding on to the wrist the entire time, and then the finish. The finish was just oh my god, pitch perfect finish with Kenny holding on to the arms. He does a, a arms trap suplex, gets a two, and then he picks uh Will up, and Will get, lifts up his head, spits in Kenny's face, and Kenny gives him the Kamagoye, getting revenge for Ibushi from uh, Osprey knocking him out in 2019 in the Tokyo Dome, and then Kenny puts Will away with a one-wing angel to once again become the IWGP United States heavyweight champion my lord i needed a cigarette after this orgasmic experience that i had just seen this my friends was one of the greatest matches of all time i i i am i am not even going to hesitate to say this this had the perfect storytelling the perfect selling the perfect like symbolic nature you had superstar aura you had just excellent in-ring action for 35 minutes. These guys went out there and put on something that no one watching Wrestle Kingdom will ever forget. Kenny Omega standing tall and Will Ospreay once again coming up short. The two people he can't beat, Omega and Okada, once again haunting him. And got to give it up to Pro Wrestling Musings, which had gave me this on twitter which is a breakdown of this fucking match <laughs> look at this look at this freaking breakdown you got 98 strikes from kenny omega 84 from will osprey strike downs 15 to 14 grabbles 14 to 7 will hit about six dives while kenny hit three we got 26 seconds of submission 13 seconds of submission for osprey we got 21 to 19 uh reversals only 15 pin attempts the entire match up uh 33 taunts from kenny 18 taunts from will big offense oh my god this one is something special and then the cherry on top in my opinion go out of your way to go to the new japan youtube and watch the post-match interview with will osprey my lord i have not seen this level of emotion since the press conference before the match with Will's promo to Kenny to hype this match up. Kenny very confident, saying that he now forgives Will Ospreay after this match. And I've only done this once. But J-News, I'm going to do it again. For the first mm -hmm. time in five years, I'm breaking my star rating system. Six motherfucking stars. This one is six stars. You cannot rate this five stars because I'm sorry. I rated 15 matches in 2022, five stars. This match is better than every single one of them. This is one of the greatest matches of all time. I can't praise it any more than that. Sanal, what did you think? Yes, I mean, so... Before we get to my only grievance, and it's the tiniest grievance, I wanted Will Ospreay to win. 
that was the legit the only grievance i had um i will osprey was the reason i got into new japan Um, he has been killing it with the belt that tanahashi cursed so that so the fact that he lost was my only grievance but the match was something like compared to the other matches this was a fairly like apart from the huge like press conference and stuff and the stuff on twitter it's not really been built up on new japan but it was one of those matches that you could literally know nothing about new japan about kenny or osprey and you will understand the story through their wrestling like someone said to me they were like um it didn't feel right because osprey kept kicking out he was getting beaten up but he kept coming back stronger but for me that was the best thing about the match that normally if you're being up that much you will slowly slow down but osprey was that motivated the words from kenny in the press conference are talking about his lack of japanese skills that he's basically trying to be kenny whatever kenny was giving to osprey none of that mattered osprey has been on death's door but for him the only thing he wanted to do was win and that was putting his body and things on the line the narrative in it was beautiful the styles clash from osprey the small bits in it just created this the best new japan match i've ever watched there we go i've said it i've said it i've said it. i've been I, I went through kenny versus okada i've seen everything yes. nope osprey versus omega for that phenomenal i yeah, I could do a whole hour of just going step by step of everything, but it was phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, like 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 this is a rare case where where or if you read the Wrestling Observer newsletter today, Dave Meltzer went move for move on this matchup. Like he spent like a like a good portion of the newsletter just breaking down it move for move, and it's just everything makes sense. Everything is just put together. It's just a perfect story. J News, what did you think? You know. There's there's certain matches in uh in wrestling history that uh, that have a have a place in a lot of people's hearts. You know, uh, Macho Man versus Steamboat is one of them, and stuff like that. For me, uh, coming up in the late '80s, uh, watching back a lot of the early '80s stuff, uh, Ric Flair versus Terry Funk, and you know, a lot, lot lot of stuff like that. For me to watch history on a given night is something special. This. This right here, this match, Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay won on New Japan soil is wrestling history. And it's it's interesting to see how it got built up. Uh, it's interesting to see how, how Will has grown in the last five years, um, both inside and outside of the ring. Um, it, is, uh, it is also a treat to continue to see Kenny Omega be the best bout machine. Uh, a year ago, we there was talk about him retiring. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, because he was that hurt at the end of the day. But, you know, Kenny uh, pulling out all the stops and making sure his body was right and just being able to perform at this level. Uh, and, and like Sanal said, the freaking, the narrative of this story in from beginning to end, pre-match, post-match everything in the match the details and the maneuverability i was like man what am i watching here you know this is just supposed to be pro wrestling i'm supposed to be entertained by the moves and maybe some of the 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 the, the, the back and forth banter but this it just it took it to another level uh 
these guys, these guys, man. Uh, if 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 anything, I would say that if Will Ospreay wasn't world renowned and world known by now, he is now. You know, uh, so uh, the kid's nothing short of amazing. Uh, like I said, give, give all praise due and props to, to Kenny Omega uh, for doing what he does. Uh, I have to mention this. I, I should have mentioned this at the beginning of the show. Um, Don Callis was on commentary. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the fact that we got the return of the one and only Gino Gambino on, on English commentary. Yes. yes. Honestly, and, the, uh, one of the highlights for me when that was announced that Gino was back on commentary, I was like, this is going to be a Wrestle Kingdom to remember. One of my greatest interviews I've ever done with Gino Gambino during Bullet Club uh, Day. That was, I will never forget it. Gino is always my boy. I was so happy to hear him on commentary. And I was so happy to get New Japan Don Callis because yeah. he had me rolling midway through this matchup where they talk, where Kevin says, oh, um, uh, Kenny, Kenny gave Will the, no, uh, yeah, Kevin says, Kenny gave Will the ball, and Don immediately says, and he dropped it, and they, Kevin and Carl Chris are like, what? Like, what? He was like, the, the, the fans didn't cheer for him. It was a pandemic. That, that interaction had me dying. I was like, yo, Don is the funniest. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was something it was a special night. It was a special match. It was everything. Everything came together um, at a specific point in time in history for pro wrestling and in the universe. Uh, and this match was it. Um, uh, SP3, do me a favor. Write this down somewhere. Uh, it is now uh, January 6th. This is the match of the year. Uh, if I don't write it down, if I don't remember to write it down, uh, match of the year, Will Ospreay. Uh, versus Kenny Omega. the match of the decade? Is it too early? Uh, oh. I, don't, I don't know because I did rate one other match ever six stars, and that was Okada Omega Four, the the sixty nine minute classic. That's oh, like, the the one, yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah the ending, the ending of their their feud. That's like a motion picture for me, so it's very close. But honestly, at this point right now, it's number two, the greatest match I've ever seen. Yeah, man, this is uh. This is where this is this is why I watch New Japan as my main source of professional wrestling because you get stuff like this uh, not just at Wrestle Kingdom you can get it at a Dominion you can get it at uh, a, a New Japan Cup you can get these level of these levels of matches throughout the entire year and you know you you get to know some of these guys that you don't see on TV every week. Right, and they, they don't get thrust in your face on a regular freaking basis, and you don't have to be overly exposed to them and stuff like that. You know, uh, it's just great to be able to to be able to consume this product and be, and be able to to appreciate these guys for what it is that they're doing and and how they put their bodies on the line, man. That that the spot where Kenny was putting Will's head through the table, I was like, brother, give it up. I mean, damn, man, why are you doing that to the kid? Why are you doing that to him? I was like, he don't deserve that. But hey, man, uh, it's just. Oof, was something else. Uh, uh, wait, what? What, Ro Romeo? You know, you and your hating ass, man. You know. <laughs> he says, "I can't say it's the definite uh, match of the year yet because they can face off again. I don't know if it's gonna have the same, uh, you know, platform it's and stage." Because it's Wrestle Kingdom, even... isn't it? Like, exactly. I think that adds to it. 
Yeah, it does. It does. The stage adds a lot to a matchup. And uh, we would be remiss if we didn't mention that Dave Meltzer did rate it the second highest star rating that he's ever rated a match. Six and a quarter stars tying uh, Kenny Omega versus Kajuko Okada 2 from uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling Dominion 2017. Uh, and then it is one below the seven star match at Dominion 2018 between Kenny Omega and Kajuko Okada. So... It's a goat tier matchup for sure. And can yeah, I just yeah. like uh, I just want to oh sorry just no no go ahead so yeah and um, I want to like a shout to Will Osprey because I know like over the years some people have had a lot of shit to say about Osprey and Osprey has been the first person to say he doesn't always think before he does things yeah. and I know there was almost a time like I used to have a Will Osprey poster up and everyone was like oh no you've got to take it down Osprey might have said stuff but he is been the first to admit that like in every interview he says I do things before I think. Osprey throughout this entire pandemic has put his body on the line. He he fought through bloody like he was on death's bed, but he still came to wrestle. You you can have issues with his personality, but you can't say like he's one of the nicest wrestlers I've ever met. Always a pleasure. He's amazing in the ring on the mic. You can't disregard him in any way just because he has made some mistakes in the past. And I think cancel culture is quite high that you can't not call Osprey one of the best in the world. No question after this match, this kind of like this was felt like a defining match for his career. And this was a match that he's been one and a half for so long. Uh, we got Dolores who says, I especially love the ending when Kenny was standing holding the title and Osprey was reaching for it as they were pulling him away outside. And we should mention that with Osprey's promo, he did mention he's giving himself a year to accomplish what he wants to accomplish, which is defeating Kenny Omega. And if he doesn't do that, he might want to go elsewhere so what do you guys think about those comments from osprey after the match i feel like it was perfect because osprey has said time and time and time again that new japan is where he loves he's never really whereas jay and we'll talk about it later has a bit more he's always been a bit more iffy like oh this this and that and people have said they could see jay in um, wwe i personally think osprey's home is new japan and this is going to lead to him having a big moment, having that world title back, having his Wrestle Kingdom, because Osprey, as he was obviously, his career was built here in the UK, but it almost feels like he was made, like we have these adverts here in the UK. It's like you were born here, but you were raised, like it's with like the Navy and the Army and stuff. With Osprey, he was born and raised his wrestling career in the UK, but he was made in new japan he has mm -hmm. traveled the world he's cemented who he is and you said earlier that this match was like a pivotal moment in his career i think it was if you think about junior will osprey it was him and ricochet this has cemented his heavyweight like he is not that flippy guy that people used to call a spot monkey was it they call him at one point he is one of the one of the best in the world it's Especially when it comes to like the big time matchups, he just always delivers. And I think he delivered his best performance here. And we had uh, yesterday on AE Ramble G, uh, Jimmy McElram, who only watches AEW, went out his way for me. I sent him this matchup. He watched it. He was very impressed with it. And he said, Will Ospreay was the MVP of this match. But this was like next level Kenny. There's, there's like different levels to Kenny and Kenny, New Japan cleaner is the apex there's nothing better than that this superstar aura 
the moves on point flawless matchup in my opinion so far it's going to be very hard for anyone to beat this alpha match of the year and i said it on twitter everybody's working for second place at this point uh but we had one more match unfortunately for them uh they had to follow this one as it was kajuka okada the g1 climax 32 winner going up against switchblade jay white for the iwgp world heavyweight championship and these two men have such a long history you know five years in the making with this matchup here so we knew what we were going to get we were going to get the, the first 10 minutes which is literally where okada likes to build we get uh you know the money clip but when this match hits that third gear i thought it was really cooking like uh, you get jay white busting out the J maker which i love gino gambino shouting that out saying the J maker and then he does the the J, the J maker pose with the two sweet love that that was such a great moment for me but then okada we get his revenge later in the matchup busting out the rain runner on him hitting out the blade runner on jay white himself he gave him the Anoki Inseguri, followed by the Emerald Flosion, and then finally a Rainmaker. After Jay White kicked out of the Rainmaker, Okada kicked out of the Blade Runner. It took one more Rainmaker, and Okada was able to put him away to become a six-time, a seven-time IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. Kazuka Okada once again on top of the New Japan World, and I love the post-match here with Jay White because during the final moments of the matchup you heard the desperation in jay white a real callback to his matchup with koto obushi where he was telling okada you're not going to take this from me this is my era this is my time and then you get jay crawling crawling up okada to get to his feet and then whispering to okada as he walked away uh jay white uh would later admit that he uh told okada that it's over he doesn't want to rematch with him he's done doing this with him this whole game Game. Okada had his moment after the match, but Shingo Takagi did interrupt and make the challenge to Okada since it was one year ago that Okada defeated him for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, and Shingo never got his rematch, so he called out Okada. We would find out at New Year's Dash that Okada uh, and, and Shingo seem to be setting up a champion versus championship match for the KOPW 2023 title, as well as the IWGP World Heavyweight championship and of course the night ended the fit the 50 year 50 going into the 51st anniversary of new japan it ended with this generation's anoki saying the anoki catchphrase and the anoki music ending off wrestle kingdom 17 i thought this was a perfect ending to the show okada embodies everything that anoki is known for so i thought this was a fitting tribute to end the show and the match itself i thought was great a great match it was never going to be at the level of Osprey and Omega, but you had to view it in its own vacuum. And that's why I give this match four and a half stars, probably the second best match of the night for me. Jay News, what did you think? You know, man, during the preview, I stated and I said that they had to come out in this match and wrestle with chips on their shoulders. Um, not like they didn't necessarily, but how were they to know what the match previous to them was going to be? Um, they did their absolute best in this match. Uh, the narrative in this match has been woven over the last five years. As you stated, SP3, uh, Jay White, I feel, 
during the match and also post match and then at the at the New Year's Dash, I think he's taken himself to another level uh, in 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 in, aggress- in, uh, in aggressiveness and uh, what he's going to be willing to do in order to get to where he wants to get to. Uh, so we will see how that all works out for Jay White. Uh, this was this was bound to be uh, Okada's uh, coronation at the end of the day, uh, with it being, you know, uh, an Anoki memorial uh, celebration and still celebrating the 50th year of uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, it was just fitting for uh, Kazushika Okada to win uh, this uh, particular championship back uh, from Jay White in this instance. Um, thought that the post-match interruption by the one and only Shingo Takagi uh, was great um, because we need that rematch. We were we, the, that that first match left me wanting for more. I, I needed more, uh, so I need more levels of the great Shingo Takagi versus more levels of the great Kazuchika Okada. Uh, don't know when it's going to go down. Uh, maybe Dominion. Um, or if they go back to doing those big uh, stadium summit shows, I don't know. Uh, but uh, it'll go down eventually sometime here in 2023. I, I think it's going to be probably New Beginning with Shingo and Okada. Maybe, right? Maybe, yeah. 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 They right. set him up as the first challenger for Okada. Yeah. So uh, we'll see We'll see how it all pans out. Uh, as for Jay White, Jay White, usually as in uh, wrestling lore and tradition goes, the man who challenges to a go-away match is the man who uh, loses the go-away match. So, uh, I, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, how, I don't know how I feel about Jay White not being in Japan, but let me not call that too early. Uh, so uh, we'll see how that all goes. But I think that the match, um, you know, four and a half stars is fair. Um I didn't, I wouldn't know what the, what to grade a match after what I had previously just witnessed. It's like I, I the standards just been bucked. What am I supposed to do with this? You know, um, not to say that it was a shitty match because it wasn't. You know, but it's like, come on, guys, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? But uh, I mean, great bout between the two. Uh, they couldn't have done any any better than what they did. Um, so, uh, with that being said, so now your thoughts on what occurred in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom 17. So obviously I couldn't stop praising Okada, I mean Omega versus Osprey, but everyone everyone who knows me knows that I'm the biggest Jay White fan. Maybe in the world, maybe bigger fan of Jay White than Jay White is, and that's saying something because Jay White loves himself. Um, so I marked it, don't come on me, so I marked it very similar to Osprey and Oh, Omega, just because of my connection to their storyline over the years. So I was, I witnessed um, Jay join Okada in chaos and all of that. And for me, this story was so much more about narrative. Like everything in it was building up from that time back in 2018. Um, it was, the two guys have wrestled countless amount of times but it feels like rather than seeing the same thing over and over i'm watching like a new chapter being added to the story and maybe this is the end of that feud and you were saying like obviously when they went up at the end and he said that i'm done i think he also whispered i'm sorry i think he said that in the post yeah he said that yeah 
he said I think he was sorry for everything that's happened, which I think might now push that Okada J feud to the side and then linking to obviously his match with Hikaleo, that this could almost be a new start for Jay. Like I have said this Chaos J was my favourite Jay. For some reason, as much as I love Jay, the Bullet Club Jay hasn't worked for me. The unhinged knife pervert that I met back in 2018 was the Jay that I think should come back. The one who's not a heel, but he's not a babyface, he's not a tweener, he's in his own little world. Similar, I guess, compared to Dean Ambrose, WWE Dean Ambrose, that unhinged lunatic. And yeah, for me, the match, as good as Okada, I mean, as um, I keep doing this because there's so many O's, as good as Omega and Osprey was, um, and again, will be probably the best match I've ever seen. For me, Kenny, I mean, Jay versus Okada was a bit more personal. It was something that touched me more. And the fact that they still went out after that amazing match and still managed to hold their own. Yeah, I think it's never going to get the credit it deserves because of the place it went. But I hope that people will be like, yeah, no, it was an amazing match and a really good way to main event Wrestle Kingdom. Absolutely. They definitely had the story to, to be in that spot. And that's why I'm happy that they were still the main event of the show. We do have a super chat donation here from the good brother Chase. Thank you so much for that, Chase. He says, Coin drop, pound for found, the greatest of all time. Okada reigns supreme once again. Love it. He is he Chase is one of the biggest Okada fans that I know. Uh he also says, Yes, Sanal. That's why I love this match, the narrative of it all. When Gato broke my heart this felt like an an amazing culmination to the story and now okada is four and two against switchblade jay white and then of course we got to mention what happened at new year's dash with uh jay white making the challenge to hikaleo in his promo on the post match he did mention that everything that broke down for jay white with his master plan it all started with hikaleo turning his back on the bullet club so he would get revenge on hikaleo so during the multi-man matchup elp caused the disqualification after the match, uh, Jay White went mental on uh, Hikaleo, nailing him with the steel chair. Even after it was broken, he was using the remnants to bash Hikaleo. And then he says that he wants to get Hikaleo the hell out of Japan. So he will have a loser leaves Japan match against Hikaleo. On the other hand, Kazuko Okada and shocked me, gave me one of my best markout moments of either night when the coin dropped as Kenny Omega called out first. We didn't know who his tag team partner was commentary was talking about it might be Don Callis and then the coin <laughs> drop and for the first time ever the all-time rivals of Okada and Omega teamed up together the Omega powers in the the rain trigger and then the rainmaker for the win defeating United Empire's Aaron Hanare and Jeff Cobb we get Jeff Cobb challenging uh Kenny Omega for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship as well and then we also had the follow-up with Shingo making the challenge and Okada suggesting champion versus champion. So what do you two think about the what we saw from New Year's Dash with everyone involved in the double main event scene here, Sanal? If you'd have told me that my 2023 wrestling bingo card would include Kenny teaming with Okada, I'd have told you that you were the craziest person in the world and, I'd, and you were more likely to see Suzuki and Okada teaming together. Like... Because I was working during New Year's Dash, but I was obviously on Twitter. And then suddenly I was like, oh, let me just click it on. I'm on my lunch. 
um, saw the Empire come out, saw Kenny come out, which was a shock in itself because obviously commentary were bigging it up like, yeah, Kenny's gone home, Don Carlos has said this. And then when o like Okada came out, I was like, <laughs> I, I didn't know what to think. I was like, this is, it was almost mirroring what happened um, in 2018, 2019 when Okada and Tanahashi started teaming together after their feud with Jay. It's something you didn't think would happen and was the perfect way to end the two nights because obviously i think new japan have a bit of a break now before the new beginning show mm -hmm. so i think it was the perfect way and with the jay thing jay always does something at the start of the year that has everyone with their rumor mills like R royal rumbles coming up is jay gonna go to clarify when this happened last year jay confirmed in some way that he is on a seven-year contract so he at least has another year with the company. So please stop with the. I know there's also rumors that Hikaleo wants to go to WWE. Yeah, FIFO did. FIFO did report that WWE is interested in Hikaleo, apparently. So. Why is it every single time there's an inkling that someone's going to leave? It's, they're going to WWE. Um. It could, like, obviously, back in the day, to say, yeah, it's impossible, Jay will never go. It is more likely, but I cannot see it happening anytime soon. I do know that Jay's obviously got married last year and he's now based in America. So it would make more sense for him to lose, to base himself on strong for a while and have to, I think I saw this online, for him to have to build himself back up as a completely new person. So... Yeah, the two main events for New Year's Dash brought a lot. Again, as soon as the words came out of Jay's mouth, the loser has to leave Japan. A million people on Twitter read it as, the loser has to leave New Japan. Right, okay, right. So let's look online. Um, do, does WWE want Jay? Does WWE want Hikaleo? I'm, That's going to tell us. Like, I'm, I'm not going to front at all. I was causing problems because I was like, did Triple H just call Switchblade? I was like, did Triple H just call Switchblade? I, I think someone pop. said, oh, you can see the Royal Rumble, um, Jay's going to debut as the pen knife. Imagine. <laughs> oh, that would have been great. Would have been great. Uh, Jay News, any thoughts on uh, New Year's Dash involving all the main event participants? All the commotion that happened at the New Year's Dash was warranted. It was welcomed. It was good for New Japan. Uh, we got the reset button hit and hit hard, but in a good way. Uh, we got things that we would have never thought that we'd have, we would have gotten. Like Sanal said, uh, who would have thunk it? Kenny Omega, Kazuchika Okada, tag teaming together. But even further that, Suzuki and Tiger Mask. Man, give me a freaking break. Where are we right now? This is January the Twilight Zone. January put us into an alternative universe where is I don't know if either of you watch DDT Pro Wrestling, but DDT, apart from like Damnation, the new Damnation, there's not really, they have factions, but everything just sort of blends together. Like you'll have guys from different factions all working together. There's no real baby face or heels. Seeing Kenny team with Okada and then seeing Suzuki team with Tiger Mask reminded me of that. It's like, has New Japan gone into a world where factions and heel and baby faces mean nothing? 
pretty much pretty much it seems like they're just they're just crossing everything out they're 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 just flipping everything on its head and i was i was like a lot of people i saw online i thought kenny partner was gonna be a boot i was hoping it wasn't bushy but the the coin drop was a big surprise anyway so i'd be totally fine with that uh but that brings us to the end here of our review of Wrestle Kingdom 17. So now what we usually do to end things off, we're going to give a thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle for the show. Uh, our, out of 10, what did we rate the show? Match of the night, MVP and LVP. So we'll start with our thumbs in the middle. In 3, 2, 1, we'll give our thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle for Wrestle Kingdom 17. In 3, 2, 1 unsurprisingly thumbs up all the way around from all of us six thumbs up uh out of 10 what did you give the show sanal 15 <laughs> I, I broke your thumb there accurate, accurate. <laughs> it was it was probably the best wrestle kingdom i've seen in a long time like i hate to be one of those people that's saying like oh new japan's getting back to pre-pandemic but it really is they're starting to come back together with the storytelling gado i think maybe gado's and um, might have got concussion the past few years he seems to be getting better with everything so it can like even the pre-show did exactly what he needed to so i can't give it anything but full marks jay knows what did you give it for out of 10. New Japan is finally shaking off that evil as a champion stick, for God's sakes. The moment Ooh. we don't talk about. The moment we no longer talk about, it's no longer there. Oh, it's a general score. What would I say? What would I say? I won't break the bank. I'll be fair. Uh, nine out of ten for me. Um, I just the 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 lone one deserves to be the lone one. The 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 shortness of the women's match. Uh, yeah. how flat the, Mer the the Mercedes moment felt for me. Uh, just that was the lone one. Everything else worked just just fine. Uh, the show the show flowed very well. Uh, even though it had a six hour and twenty minute runtime. <coughs> very long, y'all. It didn't very even long. have a break on the main card. Normally they used no. they've been having an intermission, so I thought they might have one after the KG Muto match. And I was like, right, I'll go get some food or something. Nope, went straight into it. Nope, go straight in. They had like the break uh, for like, I think in like between the Rambo and the Noki Memorial, mm -hmm. but that was yeah, the only break. Yeah, and then the Noki and the main yeah. show, they had that as yeah. well. And I was like, okay, yeah. I, I think I sort of knew it. I was like, cause obviously it was early in the morning. I was like, right, let me get ready between like the pre-show and the main show. Mm -hmm. Cause I don't think I'm going to get any time after this. And I didn't until mm -hmm. one o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> exactly it was, it was a long a long show but a great show and i agree with jay news i gave it a nine out of ten my long one i wasn't as down on the mercedes debut but i'm 100 down on the ladies only getting six minutes it's a new title one woman's match on your card this was supposed to be a statement for them an opportunity mm -hmm. for them and they packed so much into that six minutes that i wish they would have got like five extra minutes and that's my only nitpick of the entire show so nine out of ten is the most accurate I don't think we have to ask match of the night. I think we're all in agreement. Omega Osprey. Yeah, sure. Why not? I'll, I'll, I'll be different. I'll be different. I'll say the junior, the junior four way. Just that's to fair. shine a light. I think that's got overshadowed by the two main events. And I think the juniors in general normally get overshadowed. So I'm going to hype that one up because I think it was proof that 
where New Japan always fails on multi-man matches, the junior division always comes out on top with it. Absolutely. I, I would say the last three matches were the top three for me of the entire card and Narita and uh, ZSJ along with that as well. Uh, MVP for the show. I am going to go with Will Ospreay, <laughs> Kenny Omega, and uh, I want to throw one more person in there and I'll say Zack Sabre Jr. Zack Sabre Jr. Joy, becoming the leader of his own stable and winning his first uh, singles title in New Japan. It was well-deserved and well, long overdue. So I would give him, I would throw him in with the MVPs here. Sanal? I'm going to be very different again. We're going to go Master Wato, Yoshihashi, and Hiroki Goto. Because I feel like no one will ever mention them. Um, three guys it. who have had the most roller coaster careers and who've really... 2022 really shined as wrestlers and really brought together their matches like um bishimon brought back the title that obviously we've not had for a while because it's been in america master wato speaks for himself we are firmly on the way to everyone being master wato fans so i think because i feel like everyone will always praise like osprey omega but i feel like those three guys are new japan boys born and bred and i feel like they need the hype for just how well they did in this wrestle kingdom show absolutely yeah, for sure news mvps man uh give it uh to i'll give it to osprey i'll give it to kenny and i'll join sanal on the bandwagon because i myself am on the way to the grand master uh with master wato this is Man, if you if you've ever been into Hong Kong cinema or fucking kung fu movies, folks, this is written. It's been it's been done so many times, but New Japan's doing it on a wrestling scale. It's incredible to me. Uh, me noticing it this late, it's just like, oh man, this is perfect, perfect. Um, so uh, it's 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 yeah, man. Wastro Wato, uh, rounding out the three MVPs for me there. Can we just say that I think apart as much as Master Wild has been doing amazing, can we change his ring gear? His jacket for Wrestle Kingdom was great, but his yeah. pants, I am not feeling them. They need to be like I know we've we've got so many guys who have the slim tights, but I feel like as a junior, like that's what he needs. The flared pants just don't work for me with the bit of velvet, the bit of like PVC. Just, someone needs to redesign that. Yeah, he, he needs an updated look. That would definitely help him out a little bit more and gaining even more fans for him. Um, as far as LVP, I got to give it to Carl Anderson. Carl Anderson, I'm sorry. You get my LVP for the night. J-News? You know, I already shitted on the good brother, Carl. Uh, and uh, I'm not going to continue to pile on. But uh, Chad... We'll have a talk, brother. You know, it's uh, this, 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 this. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Sit down. Sit down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, as nice as the guy Carl Anderson is, where, you know, we too sweeted in Royal Quest. He was happy I was a member of the Bullet Club with my Jay White shirt. Yeah, he, he could have at least put something in to make Tamar's moment even bigger. Um, I feel bad because obviously the post-match was beautiful, heartwarming. Yeah, right. I'm a yeah. cold heart person, but even that hit my heartstrings. Hammer there with his son, his brother, Gate and Jado. But yeah, the match itself really I wanted more. I wanted more from Carl. I wanted to see the Carl of old days. 
we all did we all did but we did not get that but that brings us to wrap things up for our wrestle kingdom 17 roundtable review i would i just like to say sanam thank you so much for joining us you were such a great addition here i was so serious since you're an el desperado fan you can join us for all the new japan pay-per-views if you're free and you can I will, join I us i will come you just let me know. I will be there with my Master Wato fangirling, my Desperado fangirling, my Bishamon fangirling. I will be there. I respect the hustle. And please let the people know where they can follow you on social media, what you got going on on your channel over there. Please let everybody know. Yeah, so you can follow me at wrestling underscore chat. On YouTube, I'm Sonal's Life. So I posted a few videos in the past few days of Wrestle Kingdom. Legit, probably in half an hour, I am posting my um, next video, which is New Japan 2023, New Year's Dash, the perfect sequel to Wrestle Kingdom. So you can look out on there. Um, I would say that I post regularly. I posted three this week. Sometimes I go a few weeks without it. But hopefully if you follow me on wrestling underscore chat, subscribe to Sonal's Life, you can join me on my journey as I will continue to be the world's biggest New Japan fan because the channel is, um, apart from the occasional DDT and Tokyo Joshi, all of my videos are New Japan. So if you love New Japan, come with me and follow me on my journey on Sonal's Life. Follow her, definitely support her. She's doing great stuff and one of the, the sources when it comes to New Japan content here on the YouTubes. Uh, J News, please let the people know where they could follow you, good sir. Uh, you can always follow me on the Instagrams, uh, underscore J-O-N-J-Y, uh, for those of you who don't know. Uh, appreciate for everybody uh, sticking it out with me. Uh, it's been a tough, tough go this past week from a health standpoint, uh, but we do it for the love out here and uh, new japan pro wrestling needs to be talked about needs to be shared needs to be interacted with the world and wrestle kingdom 17 was one of those events uh so uh that that's all i gotta say about that and uh we'll we'll see as to uh, what happens with new beginning uh the other show coming up on the uh i believe it's the 18th or the 17th uh yeah. the tandem show with uh the, with 20, the 21st the 21st that's right, yeah. basically so, lij versus congo in a five, yeah. best of five series is the main yeah, there you thing. go so we'll we'll have that going, and then then uh, in February, uh, I'll be kicking it off. Uh, one of my favorite events uh, happens again. Fantastica Mania uh, com comes again. Back to it, uh, and, and folks, I know I usually promise because I'll do every. No, 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 no. This is gonna happen because it's it's just I I have so much fun with Fantastica Mania. It's it's just one of those things I have to do on a regular. Uh, so uh, I'll be back in February doing that. Uh, probably on the Patreon. Uh, so, folks, don't ever forget to sign up for the Patreon, patreon.com backslash Uh Please uh, do your best to join us there and donate and enjoy the content. Absolutely. You can follow the gang, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at True Hill Heat. Follow me at True Hill SP3, causing trouble and trolling WWE fans when a great New Japan show is on. You can count on me for that. Uh, if you like our Patreon content, check out our great Muda versus Shinsuke Nakamura review. Me and J News breaking down the big match as WWE's Shinsuke Nakamura came over for the great Muda's final match in pro wrestling. Noah as the great Muda persona. You 
also got SP3's Raw Report over at Patreon.com forward slash True Hill Heat. So check that out. And tomorrow right here on the channel, 11.05 a.m. Eastern Time, True Hill Heat, 2.07. It will be myself, Romeo, and special guest of post-wrestling, Benno, talking about this week of wrestling, this crazy first week of 2023. And yes, we will talk about Vince McMahon's Force WWE return the big story of the day. We're talking about it at the top of True Hill Heat tomorrow morning, 11.05 a.m. Eastern Time. So join us for that. Thank you so much to Sanal. Thank you so much to J News. And thank you so much to each and every one of you who watched. Drop the thumbs up on the video. Share it with your friends. And comment down below that helps out the video so, so much. Give us your thoughts about New Japan Pro Wrestling Wrestle Kingdom 17. So for Sanal. For J News, it is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom, SP3. This has been our NJPW Wrestle Kingdom 7 Round Table Review. You are signing off.